yourself, eat some large tenderloins on bigel sticks, uh, some, I don't know, country fair popcorn, whatever you'd like. It doesn't matter as long as you're here and you're ready to tell a tale. However, it is our turn this time around. I am your host, Tyler Benito, and of course, with me today, this beautiful day, I have my co-host, Cam and Nick. How is it going, everybody? It's a time. It's a time. It's what posted. a time to be alive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's weird. This is almost like maybe it's a little rough to say post-coil that uh, we we saw a lot. We've been given a lot. We are in our afterglow right now. It's like, wow. Holy smokes. What a what a week. This yeah. was a week. What a freaking week. Was <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, kidding. It, it became a sort of thing where like you're in, especially during E3, right? For those like four or five days, however many, you're in video games like full time, right? If mm-hmm. you're doing the sort of things we do, you're just in 100% of the time. I took time off and then I got out of it and I was like, oh man, the real world, it exists. Oh, I forgot. Oh, <laughs> oh God. There's oh, responsibilities. I, I, I went out today. Guys, I I went out. Oh yeah, I caught all the Pokemans. I caught. Don't worry, we'll get into that. Uh, (laughs) Not to make another allegory, which David Cage would certainly not approve of. No allegory. Think about it. Our lifestyles handling E3 in different ways were much like the stories of Detroit Become Human. We had our own plots and tales that we had to spin through and weave through the problems of our everyday lives with E3 in the mix. And a lot of people died. Yeah, a lot of people died. I, I killed. Like I went the uh, the very conflictive route. Uh, they're they're looking for me, man. Well, you gotta watch <laughs> out. If if I have to go early, I'm sorry. No, understand. Okay. There is absolutely a good reason why you won't see me next week, though. Because holy smokes, am I getting married? Oh, jeez. What is. are you talking about? You should just record anyway. I don't see live, now, right? live stream from your wedding. <laughs> I don't see the problem. <laughs> live from the reception hall of Tyler's wedding, we have myself, Cam, and Nick. Oh, man. Not divorce incoming. Oh, jeez. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> I'm still really concerned because the uh, the park that we're going to get married at has one gym and two Pokestops. <sighs> Within marrying distance, like I could be doing my vows and making sure that Team Balor owns that gym. <laughs> You got to do what you got to do, man. I mean, let's be real. I got to make some decisions. That happens in a week, uh, technically five days for the audio listeners. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, this Saturday, which means I will not be able to make it for the uh, the next podcast, unfortunately. Mm. I'll have to depend on you two to bring up the most exciting and delectable content, which I'm sure is going to be very easy because I won't be there. I can't wait to do it because I'll be in New Hampshire with bad internet. Hey. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, man. Speaking of bad internet, I would like to formally apologize to Nick on air to the world. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It happens. We we tried to record uh, an E3 oh. episode midweek, and as it turns out, uh, renting a random hotel like you're supposed. You're, I went out of state for E3, but I picked the wrong state. Instead of LA, I went to uh, Indiana, and oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I just picked a hotel, and it turned out the, the internet's not that good for uh, streaming a conversation. Uh, but that's okay. We were talking about beautiful games like where a company is like Ubisoft, so it, it didn't last too long. Or you know, Square Enix. Ugh. But don't worry, don't worry. We will get into y'all that. are sleeping on Square Enix. You don't understand. Oh man, yeah, we've woken a sleeping giant. It is Kingdom Hearts three point oh. Uh, Cam, what what have you been playing, man? Uh, there's no such thing as playing during E3 week. Week, there's only watching. So I played State of Decay two though for twenty hours, despite saying that. I was like, 20 hours, dude. What are you doing? Uh, not leaving my house for five days after E3. That's what I was doing. 
that is, uh, I mean, you sent tweets, I believe, many multiple pictures of your battle rations that you yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. All sorts of good stuff, man. It's going to take me about three months to recover from that. Let's be real, but <laughs> it's always worth it. I always worth it, it. I actually uh, just hung out with two people that came back this morning from E3. Oh, nice. and holy jet lag. Like they wanted to do the Pokemon Go community event. Mm -hmm. They were so jet lag. Like they got home around like eight o'clock this morning after, you know, delayed flights after flights. Yeah. And they were dead on their feet. I, I, I didn't believe jet lag as much as I thought I would have until I saw the look in their eyes. Like yeah. the desire and that's, and that's also minor jet lag. It's only a couple of hours. Yeah. Imagine a 12 hour jet lag that I have to deal with a couple of times a year. That's right. Because traveling, ooh, that's rough. Yeah. Just, just like stay up. Just, I guess, become nocturnal at that point, right? Oh, so. it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> uh, Nick, what have you been playing, buddy? Um, standards, Overwatch, some Destiny 2, a little bit of Fortnite. Um, and ooh. me and my roommate went out for the, uh, for the uh, community event today, the Pokemon Go community event. Oh yeah, man! Uh, yeah. Did you catch any Larvitars? I caught a lot of Larvitars. I caught too many Larvitars. Me <laughs> a lot of Larvitars and a lot of Pooptars and a lot of Pooptars. I uh, I opened up my app at home and caught a shiny one, then closed my app. Oh, I caught two shinies too. I immediately, immediately. I had no idea shiny ones were in uh, the game now. I had zero <laughs> really? clue. I had oh, yeah, zero clue. Been in there for quite a few months now. Yeah. Okay. So I only started. I picked it back up again a month ago. So that's that's fair. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't get to see a shiny before then. Not all the Pokemon are shiny, but a good number. I would say, uh, maybe a quarter to the half. I, I could be wrong on they're obviously. Yeah, they're building up. I think I think there's like twenty or thirty at this point, maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're building up. Uh, myself, I I end up getting five hundred Larvitar candies. I think <laughs> I caught. Between <laughs> 250 and 300 Pokemon. Uh, most That's of them love Pochware. Yeah, three hours. And as it turns out, having two friends in your vehicle with you, jet lagged, but full of E3 talk, more than happy to tell me every single thing I would want to know about the miseries of actually being at E3. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, unless you have a media badge, uh, it's more fun watching from afar. Yes, oh, yeah. it is. 100%. No, I like heard, the city of Detroit. Yeah, I've heard 100% of the time from people who've been there that just basically, if you want to see all the announcements, don't go to E3. Sit at home and watch them all because you won't get them. Oh, I've yeah. even heard of scenarios where people weren't aware that a new console was announced because they didn't get into the conference and they were just hanging around the show floor until someone yelled it out. And it oh, was geez. like, like, okay. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, they said the usual expected things. Uh, they got to play Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu. Yep. Uh, got eight minutes and the wait line three hours yeah which yeah. totally expected mm -hmm. uh apparently according to them they had about uh 40 50 tvs dedicated to mario tennis aces cool. and that about 10 to 15 dedicated to the pokemon game <laughs> which it seems kind of weird uh given that they just had a worldwide weekend event for that mm -hmm. you, you'd think i mean i guess that is the big thing yeah, clearly they don't feel like they need to push Pokemon, and that's likely true, you know? It's it's true. Uh, yeah. And according to them, what they saw and what they played was what they expected. It's, yeah. It is that. And uh, also, a lot of organic food. Huh. Okay. Uh, apparently, uh, meat is incredibly expensive, first off. Uh, they explained to me that they wanted a burrito. You know, a standard uh, bean and rice burrito is so much, but if you wanted to add chicken to it, it was an extra five and a half dollars. No, I mean, that's just con food in general for you, I bet. No kidding. I yeah. mean, I, I was, you know, street meat in general is usually expensive at these kind of festivities, but 
five and a half bucks just to add a little bit of chicken to it yeah i've seen some disturbing things like ten dollar mini sandwiches that are like just the side sandwiches you would have got school things like that oh Uh, it's it's never great it's never great but i just imagine the local schools now opening up their cafeterias (laughs) and saying hey eat up you know it's only fifteen (laughs) dollars for this little slice of cafeteria pizza chartwell (laughs) oh boy uh yes pokemon go played it for a good three hours caught a lot of lavatars i did not get to evolve any yet and uh i noticed when my friends were trying to evolve them to uh tyranitars you're supposed to get a special move called uh smackdown okay oh okay so that's the move and however they started evolving it's like we're not getting smackdown it's like i didn't yeah i evolved one and i didn't get a smackdown it was weird because it's usually guaranteed yeah yeah it freaked me out i was like what's going on here so you know i said screw it i don't need to look at through my 200 larvatars to find which one i like the most in the span of 15 minutes if i am not guaranteed the move i'm not going to worry about it plus you know earthquakes better but that's just speaking from experience yeah i also played a little bit more of shocker persona 4 oh shocker uh i am now in good cahoots with chie i i (laughs) She got really embarrassed with me with her anime emotions, but I am now, uh, she is now my lady friend, which oh, is, okay. I, I had to word this very specifically the week before my wedding, just in case, you know, it's like, in case anybody wishes, uh, them competition a speak now. And, you know, one of us, like, this man is trying to date Chia and Persona 4. And, it like, was me. it was me actually in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> You hold up my Vita and everybody's like, what's that? And you're like, it's Vita. He's trying to cheat with them. You know, yeah. And then, you know, gets into a big uproar. Yeah. So I have to explain what a Vita is for two hours straight. So, so I mean, <laughs> do that right here if we wanted to. It's beautiful. Uh, and I've also been playing a little bit more of Pokemon Quest. Now, Pokemon Quest is a game. No I way. remember the, the first thing I said on Twitter about Pokemon Quest before I even got to touch it more than five minutes was Pokemon Quest is a game that's probably not meant for everybody, which I thought included me. I thought it included me. The brainwash is real. It is terrible because after I made that jump, I made the biggest jump. It went from a uh, passerby, you know, spend a half hour on this game at most once a day uh, game to, you know, this is now a game that I can play for at least you know, five, six hours a day ah. with how much they give me because, you know, with all I got, it's like, oh, you can do this uh, whole exploration eight times now instead of four or five. And we also give you enough tickets that you can recharge your battery four or five times. And suddenly it turns into, I want to see numbers go up. And I'm learning a couple of good things. And uh, I love and hate this game. <laughs> I was going to say, what did you learn? One, don't let my wallet be associated with Pokemon Quest. Exactly. Two, no- <laughs> That is a very safe one. Uh, the, <laughs> the first thing I learned is leveling up your Pokemon in this game is meaningless. Awesome. Because originally I thought, you know, if you need to, you know, pass the levels, you need to grind your Pokemon, level them up, and so on and so forth. I am like, I was stuck in like the last section of the main island before you get into like uh, Seafoam Islands kind of stuff. Uh, and suddenly it's like, I got level mid 30s, uh, low 40s Pokemon, and these guys are smoking me. And it's like, okay, I, I'm going to have to spend hours upon hours grinding these guys up to the 50s until I discovered I got something that's called a silver pot. You start with a bronze pot, you get like an iron pot, then I got a silver pot. It takes a bunch of materials, you know, it can get complicated. Bada bing, bada boom, 
I do the right thing, suddenly it gives me level 70 Pokemon. Oh, man. And it's like level 70 Pokemon straight from the get-go when I'm trying to raise level 40 Pokemon. And it's like, do I want to raise this level 69 Abra or do I want to keep committing this to this game with a level 48 Alakazam? And it's like, <laughs> I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah, pretty pretty easy question there, solved there. So, And so quickly enough, I completely abandoned the team that I swore I would take to the end, including my beloved Raichu, and went straight into having a Machamp and Alakazam and a Slowbro for some reason. Uh, I, I was just, I was amazingly shocked when I saw that these new Pokemon I'm just going to get out of the blue were 30 plus levels above the rest of my team. And with that now with like, it, it's turning into the slow grind again, trying to get numbers go up slowly, but you know, surely. And I'm hoping I hit a wall so I can quit again. Yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, quit, I'm, I'm just quit in general. I, I could, but, <laughs> but, but you know, my, my champ needs me and I finally oh, got a champ that has bulk up and now it's so cool. You. He doesn't need you at all. He doesn't need me. No, he doesn't. Oh, uh, I, I thought I was the coolest cat in town when I got a Dratini. I was like, oh, man, a Dratini. I'm going to have a Dragonite. This is going to be great. You know, it's gone somewhere. It's It's gone to Pokemon, uh, a special ranch Pokemon off to the heaven. distance. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that is my rant about Pokemon Quest. I'm sure you'll hear about it two weeks from now as I, you know, have beaten the game and, sh- you know, show another like $40, $50 into it. Beat the game. This is a mobile game, my friend. I don't think there is any beating here. It is. It is <laughs> There's <really>. no winning. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because the final level has a certain legendary Pokemon, which you can guess being Gen 1. Yeah. And, and then I've learned that after that, they start doing like Diablo 3 uh, Greater Rift style things where they start just mass generating different levels and different Pokemon for you oh, to be. Yep. And so you can do that for hours and hours and days and days after that. So you're right. There is technically no beating this game. Yeah. Yeah. As there wouldn't be because it's a mobile game. They want to just like dig into that wallet, do a little deep diving, pick it all out. And then yeah. I mean, it's nice because once I bought the one time purchases, the only thing I could really go wrong with if, if I start buying uh, different uh, support stones and it's like, okay, you know, I've really could use this support stone. Let me do this attack twice in a row. How much is it? Four bucks? Heck no. I'm not going to pay four bucks for a little shiny stone. I got scammed enough already. This is ridiculous. Okay. I don't want to talk more about Pokemon. Quest. <laughs> I'm fine with like- that. I'm feeding a beast. I'm fine with that. Let's talk about the most important thing in the world. Okay. Let's go straight into the topic of the show. Let's yep. go to... The big talk. This is everybody. We've seen everything that this week has to offer. Let's talk about E3. Ooh, the spicy. Electronic Entertainment Expo. The question of the show, I believe, was formatted that's as a, that's topic the first of time the I've ever heard the full form of E3, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's your first time hearing it like that? Yeah. I had no idea that's I'm just like E3. Okay, E3. <laughs> uh, what's it called? But yeah, the question, the, I believe the topic of the show is posed as, uh, was it a good E3? And the answer of the show is yes. So <laughs> I see. I, just, I, I agree. It I feels agree. like I may have some contradictory uh, thoughts here on the matter, but I'm also very well known as a negative Nancy. So I do realize that I'm going to be quickly shoved into the minority. However, I am okay I'm with that. Up. Let's go. Great. Two on one. This is going to sound like my favorite game of Super Smash Brothers. Let's talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, do we want to nitpick at the little bits? Uh, I mean, yeah. How do we want to do this? Any ideas? Um, I, th- I, th- I think we go for like big ones from each conference. Or yeah, even I, just say, do you want to do conferences overall first? Say like how we felt yeah. about each. I say we do uh, the publishers first, you know, just nitpick from them what we liked, what we didn't like. And then we'll 
tackle down the big three because we okay. know we know that's going to be starting off. Uh, what do we want to start on first? Uh, let's start on the terrible EA. EA. Okay. To start. Well, we, we talked about EA actually, so we, we can did talk about EA. That. Yeah, so we can summarize it in probably two or three words. I was going to say sentences, but you know, <laughs> not really terrible Destiny yeah. clone. There we go. There's, there's a big D, I'd say overall, big D for that presentation. Really, I, uh, you're going to give it a letter grade. Yeah, I've been giving them letter grades, actually. That's how we did it over on uh, my other organizations then, basically. Uh, so we gave it a big fat D. So you tell me this was a good E3, but you're going to start the first one off immediately with the D. There better be some A pluses going on. Well, there are, but you know, this, this is EA we're talking about. You yeah, can't do too, too much, um, to be fair. Certainly, all, definitely. All I could hear from EA was um, cringe. That's all I could hear. I could just hear the sound of cringe. <laughs> if cringe had a sound, it was EA throughout the entire presentation. Um, I think they failed on um, showing us performance. Good... <laughs> I mean, no, I think they made you can't me, hear uh... the cringe under a Japanese whistle or a, a flute. <laughs> oh, the um, Shikachi, yeah. Um, yeah, no, there were some other cringy moments sprinkled throughout the entire uh, uh, event. Um, but with EA specifically, uh, they failed to capitalize on a big moment with Anthem. Yeah. Um, all the all the information that came post their conference with everybody playing Anthem behind closed doors and them not showing proper gameplay, they failed to capitalize on a good moment right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, they give us maybe three to five minutes worth of gameplay content. It but the gameplay was, again, scripted, pre-recorded, like garbage. Like we that didn't see true. proper damage numbers. Yeah. We didn't see anybody actually do anything. It was just like, oh, I'm going to fire off my gun a little bit. Oh, reload, skip to the next thing, a little bit of flying around. It was stuff we'd already seen before, basically. Yeah, well, as we said, was, basically. And it was like you, uh, user interface stuff. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they basically put, I mean, most of that footage was recycled from last year's E3, the vast majority of the footage. Then at the end, they showed about like two minutes worth of new footage. But when you're going to be deep diving on your big game anthem coming out, you know, early next year, that's a horrible, horrible, horrible way to showcase it. And, uh, you know, we didn't even we don't know everything we need to need to know at this point about that game. So EA, I would like to say, was probably one of the most uh, they did. One of the most traditional things was make a fake interview. Let's uh let's have this, you know, <laughs> yeah, this very fancy lady uh be super hyped up, even though she didn't know what she was really being hyped up for, judging by the way she was talking about things. I could be wrong, but you know, uh then she, of course she sits down these three random people that you, you know she found from the street that happened to be, you know, the PR or the uh developing team for Anthem, and she just posed these questions that they clearly have practiced for days and weeks. So it was like completely processed answers. It was not in a way that I was hoping, but it was the way I was expecting. Yeah. Because Anthem, we still technically don't know in the big scheme of things what Anthem is. We know what it can do. It, we know what it can deliver. But what is the main conflict? There's bad guys. Okay, sure. <laughs> You know, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like, there was the same sort of issue with Mass Effect Andromeda, actually, from Bioware as well, uh, via EA, where they kept showing so little off right up until release to make people think maybe it wasn't a done game. And guess what? It came out and it wasn't a finished Ooh. game. So I worry. And not to mention that this release date that they put it on, we've talked about this uh, on my end a few times, but February 22nd. 
is now the release date of like four different big games that all of overlapping. Yeah, it's a bloodbath. There's a bunch of overlapping fan bases. I think there's four big games coming out then yeah. uh, because it's Days Gone, Anthem, Crackdown 3 got pushed back to that week. And then there's another one as well that was pushed back to there. And they're all overlapping basically in terms of, oh, they all are shooters in some way or yeah, form. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's going to be bad. Yeah, and um, again, like I said, a lot of developers, a lot of uh, reporters, uh, media people went into the closed doors version of Anthem, played mm -hmm. around with that. They said all they could. I'm assuming they're under NDA. Yeah. Um, said it was great. It's going to be amazing, but show us. Yeah. Right? February 22nd is not too far away. Yep. And um, anyways, beyond that from EA, I think Battlefield and Sea of Solitude are the only two things I'd be excited for. The funny thing, too, is they didn't even get to show off anything for Battlefield at their own conference. They basically threw it to Microsoft, probably because yeah. of an advertising uh, deal. Yeah. But right. uh, they, they needed it. EA was the conference was so poor. Otherwise, they really needed mm -hmm. that Battlefield 5. But mm -hmm. uh, we talked about EA a lot, and I don't want to go for too, too long. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot to get yeah. through, yeah. But yeah, I will say this. I'm excited for Battlefield 5 because it seems to be, I think, this might be the moment where Battlefield out overtakes uh, Call of Duty. Oh, it's going to be the Call of Duty killer. If it hasn't already, I'd actually like to look at the numbers. Not a Call of Duty killer, but it's a there's a single player campaign, and there's also PvP uh, with their own unique version of Battle Royale and their big like battles that they've done with Battlefield One. Blackout, um, wasn't it? Didn't they call the mode for Battle Royale something like Blackout? They just said they just said Royale. They just they, said yeah. Battlefield Royale. No logo, That's, no anything. They haven't okay. told us too much yet. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I do think actually I think that Battlefield probably surpassed COD last year because I think Battlefield One is much more popular than Call of Duty. Oh, was it number, number wise as well? I think so. I think okay. actually I think Battlefield One sales, if I remember right, are in like the top like fifteen of all time game sales or something like that. Like, oh, I enjoyed Battlefield One. Yeah. It was fantastic. I realized my mistake. I was talking about Black Ops. Black Ops has mentioned oh, something yeah, similar, yeah, yeah. and they have something called Blackout. So oh, that I would see. Make okay. more sense. Yeah. Uh, probably Bethesda would be the next one that we'd want to touch down okay. on. All right. All right. Okay. So uh, you guys go ahead, and I'm just going to start <laughs> drinking whatever, because I'm sorry. Bethesda is out of my field of interest, but oh, I, mean, I know Nixon, and clearly Cam's interested. So let go ahead. Have your fun. Uh, so personally, you know, I, I get we've gotten a lot of flack for it, but I throw Bethesda right in the middle of the pack along with Sony. And the reason why is because when I'm rating the E3 conferences, I'm not just rating what they announce, but I'm rating how they announcement, how they announce it, sorry, and how the presentation goes. And until Todd Howard came up on stage, Bethesda was struggling to do anything there. It was very Agreed. poor, yeah. even to the point of they announced a sequel to Doom. And we weren't excited for it because of how they managed to deflate their own announcement. Yeah. So on the presentation front, Bethesda was struggling like hell. But in terms of the actual game announcement front, like you couldn't have asked for more. In no. terms of game announcements from Bethesda, they literally put out everything they have. Yeah, um, all cylinders. To the point too. of yeah, even to the point though, like I don't want to fully count. Elder Scrolls 6, while it was announced, the problem is they only announced it because everyone was mad, kind of, that it wasn't announced yet. So it's way out. It's like probably five years out. We're oh, talking yeah, no. well after Starfield. So oh, yeah. like, it's like we give it some points, but we won't give it full points for an announcement because it was just a, it's in pre-production. So, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's all. I think um, God Howard saved the, saved the yeah. presentation. No, um, he did. Um, we gave him more points after the fact because Skyrim very special edition was real. It's not fake. You can, <laughs> no, no it's that real. was fantastic. Yeah. That was the out of the whole pre uh, conference, except for like the the bombs they dropped at the end. Mm -hmm. That was the best part about it. When it he came crazy. out, he's like, "I know what you guys want. We're porting it over to the Alexa." And I was uh -huh. like, "Yes." 
Well, the funny thing too is actually, uh, I, I didn't record us watching the actual conferences, but a sentence beforehand, I asked him to do it basically because he was talking and I just, I was like, I was like, Todd, you must know, you must know about the Skyrim jokes, please. And then he, the next sentence he said is like, in our quest to put Skyrim on everything. And we just like, we screamed so loud at that point. It was great. Nice. But uh, no, it's real. You can actually play Skyrim on your Alexa, on your Amazon uh, Echo, I believe it's called. And uh, yeah, yes. no, it's a real version of Skyrim. So I'm counting that as a port that gets full credit, that gets full points. So <laughs> it was good. It was good. Gosh, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> uh, like I'm looking down the list of things I should be excited for by Bethesda. But, you know, we got Doom Eternal, obviously. We yeah. got Elder Scroll Blades and Legends. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm interested the in Blades. I, I think that Blades can kind of push. If things go well, it'll be a, a good way for mobile to get out of the sort of timer-based uh, gotcha systems they're enshrined in and maybe try and make more full console experiences on mobile to treat it as a fair platform rather than just yeah. a platform for monetization. So yeah. I'm excited for that. But Yeah, no, I have no interest in it, but the prospect of it and what it could possibly do mm -hmm. is definitely fantastic. We're bringing... Um, I will never consider mobile gamers gamers, and that's just a personal <laughs> thing. Like, really... Um, play, play your game, but you can't be a gamer unless you're playing like an actual game on like a console <laughs> or a PC or like something else. But anyways, yeah. that's that's my, uh, that's my own personal I'll say, it. I'll, uh, say it for, I'll say it for things like this, right? So I'll say it for Candy Crush and things like that. Games that oh, yeah, no. everyone plays, I agree. But for, for games that are actually, I mean, it's hard to qualify what's actually a game, yeah. but I think Elder Scrolls Blades, like if you're playing that deep, like, yeah, no, I'll consider you yeah. a gamer. I will. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, most things like even, even really fate go and things like that. Uh, it's really just down to, are you playing a puzzle game to pass time? Like, did we call people who played Tetris on their phones back in the, you know, mid two thousands, the mid aughts, did we call them gamers? Not really. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the thing with blades is that it's free. Um, it looked good, at least with the presentation that, uh, during the conference, um, and it'll open up the market or the prospect of other companies being able to do things like this basically bethesda found an opportunity they yeah. took it whether it works out or not people know that okay we can try this mm -hmm. and so hopefully like it opens that market and people start doing things because uh smartphones are becoming more and more powerful nowadays yeah uh, i mean and it's something they can capitalize on it's a thing that we have to be real about the fact that like our smartphones these days can emulate like GameCube and can emulate PS2. And when you have fidelity of that quality, you can make full experiences. Yeah, I mean, you no. could make them even back when all phones could emulate with 16-bit consoles, but now even yeah. more so than ever. So yeah, um, excited for Fallout 76. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'll pick it up because I've not actually played any of the Fallout games. The fact that... Preach I it, can... brother. Preach it. Y'all shouldn't on, be proud hang of on, that. Hang on. <laughs> but the fact that I can log on and get a nuke and nuke my friends bases after all their hard work would make me want to play that game that's that that that's so cold-blooded i i could not work <laughs> with that man at all nobody uh, nobody will i will not have any friends if i play with my friends they, they will stop playing with me you do I, not want to play sea of thieves with me uh, either <laughs> because i'm just the same all i ever want to do is fight other people Oh man! I don't even want to take their stuff. I don't. I could care <laughs> less about the treasure. I just want to fight other people. I want to on their ship and I want to spawn camp them. That's oh, all man. I want. You're the worst. <laughs> You're the worst. You would not be the person I'd want to play with on Civ Five or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you just max science straight to nukes, bomb the nearest thing I could see. Pretty much you can see. Uh, I mean, Fallout Shelter as well. Uh, it's coming out for a Nintendo Switch and PS4. Yeah. Or it, it, it did come out. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
that's been out for a while on the phones, has, hasn't it? Yeah, it's and, uh, PC as well, I think. Yeah, they announced it. I think it was uh, two years ago. I, I always get my years mixed up, but it was two years ago or a year ago that they announced it. I think maybe even two years ago um, that it was announced and then eventually released for uh, PC and phone and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, it, yeah, it's a port. It's a port. It came out right away, and it was a mobile game, but it wasn't any sort of, as far as I know, at least, it wasn't any sort of, you know, horrible monetization scheme mobile game, so. Okay. Uh, other things like we could mention is the Prey DLC, which I, yeah, did you pray D, uh, Prey? Yeah. So I I did play Prey, and actually I'm this so DLC, <laughs> no, this DLC is actually really <laughs> cool. Um, I really like the fact that what they're doing with the DLC is making that sort of you know making it so part of the DLC at least is that procedural generated like survive as long as you can. It was a really effective trailer. First off, I would say, uh, mm -hmm. considering they used you know spin me right round and stuff and showed all the repeats to explain how the game worked, and then. Also with the addition of the Typhon Hunter mode, which is basically prop hunt in a full console game. So, you know, a lot of people who enjoyed prop hunt are probably going to enjoy that. Oh, so. yeah. As oh, far yeah. as cool DLC goes. goes. That's a cool yeah. idea, I think. Um, as far as DLC goes, I'm in. Rage 2. Yeah, is I, a, is, it's unfortunate it got leaked. It is unfortunate it got leaked early. I was the most deflated by this. This was early on in the presentation, and there was some bizarre stuff going on. I think that presentation was was broken a little bit, or the trailer was having problems. Wasn't it... Wasn't it punk show some there was a band on stage yeah that. they brought on andrew wk i believe it is i don't know like what he does i think he's a singer songwriter and um he did a song for it but then when they're showing the gameplay it seemed pretty broken actually like we were noticing okay. some of the hitboxes on the wing stick the thing he was throwing weren't correct like they were kind of hitting to the side and counting his hits and um at some point they were doing this jump cut between sections of the footage so like he threw a grenade and when the grenade exploded they'd be somewhere else but it was seamless at the same time though however at the very beginning it looked like there was some sort of quick jump dodge so i couldn't tell where that began and where the other thing ended and it was just really poor in terms of showing you what the game right. was supposed to play like right. like it felt like honestly that their game they weren't confident on their gameplay and felt they needed to spice it up uh, with after effects but uh yeah early bethesda presentation i was we were giving low scores yeah. very low scores until and, um, todd came out and then it was like after fallout 76 i feel like when they started going to the mobile stuff mm -hmm. um, i'm never excited too excited for mobile stuff again yeah, yeah it's a personal thing uh but that's when i thought okay if they're gonna end on this it's gonna be a very like disappointing end mm -hmm. and they're like but no here's uh what is it starfield yeah uh, starfield starfield which was and here's years. Um, Elder Scrolls, right? Mm -hmm. So Starfield, they said it's the next, their next generation IP, first new franchise in 25 years. So yeah. I'm assuming that can come out in the next two to three years. We uh, hope. And then Elder Scrolls is beyond that. So at least five years from now, which means yeah. the next Elder Scrolls will be 10 years post-release, like 10 years since Skyrim, basically. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. And so the, the expectation or like the bar will be very high mm -hmm. because of how much time they've taken and how much graphics have changed in such like huge amount of, you know, that space. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them making Skyrim too. It's gonna be very tough for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Those. Um, it, it was it was one of those things where, like we said, kind of the early half got so many poor points in my book, but the later half did such an effective job and a good job that it averaged out to like, a, yeah, no, that was okay. Yeah. But it was funny in the end. I felt like if you had told me on a spreadsheet everything that was going to be announced, I wouldn't imagine. I would say this was an okay conference. I'd be like, no, that's the best they could have ever done. But. Oh, yeah. They could have been it, a lot more effective was, of how it was they showed all because it off. of God Howard. God Howard. Yeah, no, it was. It was. Yeah. His charisma really taught Howard wins E3 alone. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, geez. really? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that yeah. far, huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, just him as a him as an isolated portion. Yeah. It's a, let me tell you, it's a fight. Him versus Microsoft. Him alone versus Microsoft is a fight. But uh, yeah. I think uh, I don't know. I don't know who wins that fight. But let's let's keep going here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
I just want to mention one last quick thing for uh, Bethesda is uh, that they have Young's Blood, which yeah. is the new Wolfenstein game. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you mean they put out everything? They were like, "Hey, what do we have? Two Wolfenstein's, Young Blood, and a VR game." Yes, VR yes. Cyber Pilot, mm-hmm. which uh, supposedly is you hack Nazis. Which yeah. cool, great. Yeah, hack Nazis. Okay, sounds right. Nazis bad. We can hack them. Good. Okay. Uh, probably the next one I'd like to pitch for it is uh, Square Enix. Yep. Squeenix. Yep. Um, Squeenix. Thank you. I know them as Squaresoft, but you know that, <laughs> or not Squaresoft, uh, just Square. But, you know. <laughs> and then Squaresoft and then Square Enix. <laughs> so um, I think um, there'll be some disagreement only because I don't think I have as much of a relationship with Square Enix games as Cam might have. Um all I am really excited for, I never played any of the Kingdom Hearts games, but I know everybody is really excited for it. Um, I wasn't even was, excited for Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it's, oh. it's disappointing. The, the tra- it was disappointing that they used the same trailer that they showed at the Microsoft conference. Yeah, that's uh, right. And then they showed another trailer, I think it was a Sony conference, Yes. Um, where they actually showed new material, which I feel like they should have done during theirs. Um, the only one I was really excited for was the Tomb Raider game, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, because... Yes. That, that's, oh right, Laura needs yeah. to become the Tomb Raider for the yeah. third time in the series. Where why isn't she the Tomb Raider yet? <laughs> I have no idea, but I enjoyed the first two games. They played beautifully. Well, if they she is great. the Tomb Raider. You're gonna see her shadow. Like that means uh, winter <laughs> no, is gonna be ending early. She still has to. It's the tagline of the game. She has to become the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Just like in the first one, in the second one. Well, they yeah. say it takes ten thousand hours to become a supreme professional <laughs> in a given skill. We've only gotten about. 50 60 hours in so we need fair, about 2000 more games to go yeah but uh yeah overall square enix you know i feel like this is my most divisive in how i was ranking it compared to other people because everybody said square enix didn't do a good job and i super disagree because you know it's a thing of expectations and a thing of i guess what you're looking for and in terms of effectiveness of showcasing games square enix is up there with microsoft because right. both of them out of everybody else both of them decided okay you know what we're gonna go game to game to game trailer to trailer which e3 is a game show you should be showing off your games that's the most effective way to do it and uh you know they they didn't waste our time it was 25 minutes that's what they had they announced two new ips in the midst of doing so and showed off all their current game we had a deeper dive into just cause 4 um yeah it's unfortunate that that trailer did air at microsoft so i give the points to microsoft there mm. but uh, i'm personally i mean it doesn't matter but i'm not personally too big on kingdom hearts 3 but uh, you know even besides that the fact that we had two new ip announcements uh, the fact that they showed off a bunch of gameplay were very effective in the use of their time they didn't they respected our time is the best way to say it i put them very high i gave them like a b plus I mean, uh, Square Enix is probably the best example of a mainstream catering to a niche audience because they have so many things where, you know, some people love Dragon Quest, some people love Final Fantasy, some people love Just Cause, some people love Kingdom Hearts. Not everybody loves all of Square Enix's works or, you know, the stuff that they're publishing, but they have at least (laughs) one group, you know, okay, that loves each and every single, you know, different title. Uh, for me, for example, I love Final Fantasy for the most part. However, I, I wouldn't touch Just Cause before just because it doesn't interest me as much. No, no. And Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, they can have any money that they want that I can give them a direct deposit. So Kingdom Hearts 3 won E3, unfortunately, as a game, like in terms of sole game. It, here's, I'll put it this way, right? The 
the way to determine, at least for the majority audience, the way to determine who wins E3, in my opinion, is who is hyped the most, who what gets talked about the most. And in terms of all the metrics uh, among Twitter, among Facebook, among so many other places, Kingdom Hearts 3 was the most talked about yeah. game at E3. Which is surprising um, to me, honestly. But, you know, in the end... Smash for a second. Yeah, it does make sense. Me, like Kingdom Hearts 3, I played 1 and 2, and I enjoyed them, but I missed out on, like, the six other side games you need to get to understand six it. Six other ones? You mean Birth by Sleep or, you know, 3... No. 65 divided by two days or and dream drop distance and recoded drop. and yep. chain of memories and and then the 0. 0.2 uh what was that uh, one? kingdom Not hearts 2.8 final remix plus but there's this 0. <laughs> 0.2 as well there's a 0. Oh, 0.2 there's as well 0. 0.2 pardon yeah. me there's both because the 2.8 and the 0. 0.2 are supposed to combine to make three plus even trading though, card, i believe at one point <laughs> there was that chain of memories was uh i believe used a trading card fighting system well, yeah, it did. I think there might be like a real life trading card that oh. are collectible. Yeah, yeah, not surprising. Yeah, yeah no, I gave good. I gave Square Enix uh, a lot of points because they were very effective in the use of their time, and they showed off Babylon's Fall, which is a new IP with uh, Platinum Games, which mm -hmm. Platinum yeah. Platinum yeah. one of my favorite developers, but Platinum recently worked on Nier Automata with Square Enix, so you know, whew, like I'm in, I'm 100 percent in for that. And then The Quiet Man was the other new IP, which looked like it was giving more. It was in the a vein. weird. It was a weird yeah. trailer. That was a really weird trailer. Um, mm -hmm. but good idea um we'll see what it is even it's, a, it's an action game based around a death yeah. man mm -hmm. um and i can only imagine visually what that would look like because it would have to be heavy on the visuals yeah. to tell people what to do and where to go yeah they're probably pushing like they're probably using their deus ex their tomb raider and their uh what's it called a uh, sleeping dogs experience to make this is what i think because it's likely going to be like a more over the shoulder maybe 3d uh, right. brawler type game right yeah. i also want to bring up the, the fact of uh Captain Spirit? Yes, they yeah, showed, uh, they showed for Life is Strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they showed this in Microsoft as well. And it's interesting because it comes out June 26th and it's completely free. And mm -hmm. it takes place in the Life is Life Strange, is Strange universe. universe. Yeah. But, you know, they were like, yeah, completely free experience. Clearly, they want to get more people in for season two. Uh, cool idea. Cool idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I asked this before with my friend. Do we have any information as to where this uh, takes place into the storyline that is Life is Strange? Uh, all they said really was that it took place, I think, prior to season two and that some characters might be in season two. Mm -hmm. they, they were pretty vague about it, but I think they're giving the like they kind of seem to be giving the implication as well as how much they pushed it that like you should probably play this if you're going to play two. That's why it's free. So oh, okay. fair yeah, enough. It seemed to be no. that implication. Uh, so overall, Square Enix. OK, good. Yeah, I, I gave them good points. They, they were third for me. So better yeah. than EA. Um, yeah, yeah. Better oh, much better than EA. It was just, it was so. Um, uh, me and Cam were talking about this uh, a little bit before. Um, I like E3 because I like fanfare. I like the drama. I like the the swing of it. So um, it was just strange that there was no uh, presentation for me. There were no actual people, and then it was just a you know twenty five minute uh, back to back trailers. But as, please enjoy our show, and then just. Yeah, but as Cam said, um, in terms of like putting out games, they they did their job. They yep. told us what games are coming, and which which is a fair point, and I understand that. Um, and you have to understand too. I mean, so real people, they're not video games, and there's just you know. No, yeah, yeah. When, when yeah. something's not video games, how am I supposed to relate to it? That's true, know. but but I would <laughs> I would want to sit down and just bask in the glory of god howard one day and just i would oh, yeah. sit through a bethesda conference for god howard well todd howard is video games as a person <laughs> yeah. is video games but not so many people are video games so yeah. just had to clarification yeah. <laughs> um is he kevin butler though 
That's not video games. It, Kevin Butler is not video games? I don't think so. Kevin check, Butler was check, but... the pseudo PR team of Sony. Do you... uh, I don't think he's video games. Oh, man, you're bringing my heart here. <laughs> he, he is greatness awaiting. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. Are we, are we talking that weird PS3 uh, advertising campaign period of time? Is that where we're uh, at? Or is it earlier? He, he might have been totally during that time. Oh, yeah. Kevin Butler was probably my favorite mascot for the entire, especially during E3. Like, I think Reggie slowly overtook it alongside, you know, Jack. Oh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Part of, he, he was definitely the guy that was quick to talk smack about, you know, ah, all you kids like to waggle a stick and play tennis nowadays, huh? Well, we got something new. It's called the Vita. And, you know, obviously that didn't go out well. And then a couple months later, it's like, well, now hey, we like him. And now we like waggling sticks. So here's PS Move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was uh, a good steamroll, but I'm sorry. I, I like to mention Kevin Butler every chance I get because I, I love his personality, even though I learned quickly into my history learning of him that he is not a real character. He is an actor played yeah. as, you know, played Kevin Butler. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, the next probably thing we shall, you know, uh, Ubisoft. Should we yeah, talk right. about Ubisoft? Yeah, okay. yeah, just a little bit. Okay. I mean, do we want to go for the, the big heavy hitter or do we want to go for the little stuff? Uh, I really am only have a few things to say really about Ubisoft. Uh, I gave them, uh, they didn't do as poor a job as EA, um, but I did put them lower in my scoring just because of the, you know, the amount of talking they did rather than showing games, the amount of, I always feel the live performances are relatively pointless. That doesn't tell us anything about the game. That doesn't, I, I don't know who it's for oh, necessarily. Man, you love Sony then. Well, I didn't. No, <laughs> I really didn't. And uh, well, Sony for other problems as well. Sony had a few problems, but you know, Ubisoft, they did show off. I think that in terms of a trailer, right. In terms of a announcing a game trials the new trials game trials rising was probably one of the more effective trailers i saw in terms of showcasing how the game works talking about it for just a brief little bit so you can understand what they did for this game versus the others and uh, as a whole announcement trials was did a wonderful job wonderful job i think that uh, what's it called assassin's creed odyssey also did a pretty good job there as mm -hmm. well uh, i'm pretty excited for that but uh yeah other than that i spent a little too much time on talking i felt and oh, yeah. uh, I saw um, rabbits on screen, so uh, minus 10 points because I had to see rabbits on screen. Right. Oh, yeah. come you, on. No, yeah, no, Cam has a weird thing about rabbits. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, you I have a weird thing about rabbits. Yeah, they're yeah. worse than minions. They're worse yeah, than yeah, minions. Man. They're not they're worse than they minions, are? man. Come yeah. on. Minions try and talk. Rabbits just scream. That's all they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, wow. Isn't it so wonderful? I love it. I don't. <laughs> I mean, um, they do try to talk. They just talk gibberish. And they scream, yeah. <laughs> and and they scream usually, especially when they're in pain or if they're triggered, as the original game would uh, allow uh, it. Yeah. My friends always poke fun at me for it, so I was sitting next to them right during the conference, and I was crossing my arms. And when rabbits came up, I was like, you know, guys, if they start screaming, I'm going to scream in your face so loud, like you don't. If you're going to poke me, I'm going to get you with this, man. You want to see how bad it is? I'll show you how bad it is. Look, I do not. There is only one rabbits game that I'm willing to play, and that is. Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom battle and it, it was such a good up. game and that's what it was for so I'm assuming that's the one you're talking about right for the yeah, Donkey Kong yeah. DLC mm -hmm. so I, I can't blame me don't like no. any of the Raymond related Rabbit's games but I really liked that game so you knocking it down just because they wanted you know the portray their success with their Nintendo matchup well no what I'm saying is uh, it's a good game but I'm contractually not allowed to say that Rabbit's are good so you know <laughs> Huh. Um, okay. It's part of the um, part of the contract. <laughs> Ubisoft was uh, second most cringiest for me. Yeah, that's that's pretty um, much right. not in terms of cringy, but just um, yeah, 
the the the, the cringy the 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 peak cringiness of that show was when the one guy slammed himself down onto a onto a podium and oh broke, no that was I the think best part that was the um, best part what are you talking about no i was I no i'm super in i'm not even joking that's the be- <laughs> that was the best part of the whole presentation okay agree to disagree we can um, <laughs> agree to disagree just well, you don't want your dudes on you don't want you your dudes on stage just destroying podiums left and right for no apparent reason it's um, super great Skull and Bones. I'm really excited for Skull and Bones. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks like uh, gameplay looks like a cop- carbon copy of um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, <laughs> and the uh, the naval fights were great. I enjoyed it. Assassin's Creed Black Flag is the last Assassin's Creed I played and was the most fun I had. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my thing with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, though. He's he or she is not an assassin anymore. Yeah, now, good. Spartan. Great. Oh good. no, we'll have to do something new and different. This is terrible. Which is fantastic, but it it bothers me that it's still called that, that it's called Assassin's yeah. Creed. No, I'm um, of the opinion they should just drop Assassin's Creed. Like they do it because of brand, but they should honestly just drop it and make historical ARPGs. Like mm-hmm. just drop it. They, like you're doing something that's cool. You know, at least in terms of you d- you design the architecture very well, the world's very well. Uh, you should just do that and do historical stuff and just forget about the Assassin versus Templar ridiculousness. Just do it. Yeah. And this um, also too, just just real quick. I mean, this also uh, in Assassin's Creed Origins, um, they this is like pre even Assassins and Templars because you see the or, the true origins and origins. So this is before that, meaning that Assassins and Templars shouldn't even be part of the game as far mm-hmm. as we're concerned. So it's yeah. really just might not. I think I think it's like um, what do you call it? Uh, X Men Days of Future Past. They're just trying to rewrite their own mistakes because uh, the Last Stand should not have existed. <laughs> it was just a bad movie. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so yeah. Assassin's, it looks good. Um, I really want to play Origins. I still haven't gotten around to that mm-hmm. because it got decent reviews, and I think they did a good job with taking a break and yeah. giving them time for Origins. But I'm disappointed that Assassin's Creed Odyssey is coming out less than a year since yeah. Assassin's Creed Origins, and I don't want them to get caught up in that routine again because the first two Assassin's Creed games were great, and then when they started turning them out, like you know, um, yeah, it, every when it became yearly, it became a problem. Yeah. But, you know, it's really weird, too, because they've been saying some things that I think are half marketing and half like truthful, which is they've claimed that they've been making this for three or four years. And what I think happened, if you look at the game, it looks like at least 70 percent of the movement combat system is based off Origins. So Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking is they probably made that engine. They probably like developed that and were co-developing parts of the games and are now considering part of the Origins development part of the four years they're making Odyssey. Because, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because now but, uh, they just technically have to rewrite, uh, redo the art. Yeah. Um, yeah. Add like script, quests, add a few more features, and bada bing, bada boom, you have a new game. And right? speaking yeah. of features, they yeah. added romance. So, which Hey-o. I think is an interesting way to do things now. So, there's a tweet I saw that this is the E3 for everybody because you have lots of, you know, uh, now you everybody's getting represented. You have mm-hmm. a lot of same sex relationship options. Which I think is, uh, I, I, I want to take away like wholesome stuff, and this is one of those wholesome things that you can start taking away from video games, where when things are now more relatable, and so I think that's great. How it Except plays out, Anthem, I don't know. I want to point out, sorry, that uh, Anthem not having romance options. Yeah, I was gonna say I just like romance options. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm down with everything. Let's do it. But let's say game of the year. If you add romance options, sure. anything goes. Please. Sure. <laughs> um, then the division two which is going to be good, I think. I feel that it's unfortunate that Microsoft got to show off that extended gameplay uh, for it. 
and I, I would have liked if that was at Ubisoft more mm -hmm. than Microsoft, because I think honestly, it was one of the things that kept Microsoft's presentation from being near perfect only because it dragged on a little long and it would have fit better at Ubisoft's compared to the other things that were at Microsoft. Right. Right. Yeah. Be um, good. Yeah. And are beyond good and evil too. Yeah. Yeah. It's still very early. Clearly it's still yeah. very, very early. Clearly. But, so. but is it, but is it, too early because they've been talking about this game since 2008. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? So they've been talking about trying to do it. Clearly, they didn't actually get anything on the ground until last year. And so now they all they have is like pre-alpha stuff. And there was pre-alpha leaked footage probably about six months ago that showed more than what they showed at E3. So mm. I don't know. Um, might be, you know, it's probably going to take a while. It might even be on the next generation of consoles. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. There's a few games, actually. There's a few games this year we saw that are starting to give the impression they might be on the next generation of yeah. consoles. So yeah. I really don't have much to uh, say beyond it or yeah. beyond it, uh, beyond, beyond the that. fact, you know, I thought it was cool that they uh, are doing a new uh, system of customization, almost uh, maybe not spore like to the level of spore because uh, basically they got clones that are made of uh, crossbred with uh, certain animals such as, uh, you know, gorillas and whatnot. And it gives you a interesting spore like uh, level of, uh, you know, having a unique character, I guess would be, you know, and then, you know, immediately turn into piracy. However, it is not something that interested me. Uh, alongside that, I'd like to also point out that the, uh, the crew two and the division two. Yep. Yeah. So crew two was weird. Cause I swear that this is out already, or at least it's been shown for like two previous E threes or something like that. <laughs> it was one of those games. I was like, wait, isn't that done? Why isn't that done yet? You know? Uh, so that, that just wasn't jiving with me personally, but, in terms of the crew itself, I know basically the premise is you can seamlessly switch between all the different modes of fun transportation between land, sea, and air that you want to. Uh, hmm. But I'm just amazed it isn't out yet because I swore I've seen it at like two previous E3s. Yeah, it's been definitely talked about a lot, but obviously, like they're trying to keep the hype level at, you know, from plateauing back down. Mm -hmm. But obviously, yeah, speaking of that, Skull and Bones had that problem for us, at least, where when they announced Skull and Bones last year, we were all very excited for it, and they didn't follow up on it at all until right now, but this did rekindle the hype, but you can only do that for so long. Like, it's very important they get that out now. I mean, to be fair, Skull and Bones was putting itself into the same slot as Sea of Thieves. Yeah, which, which it's going to be a better Sea of Thieves now, but... Well, if I'm, you um, want to say that, yes, sure. Debatable. No, it's a, it's a different Sea of Thieves. You have CFDs, which is for a more casual game or just want to relax, whereas Skull and Bones is uh, more hardcore and you've got objectives and stuff to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I think, think the big different. failing, I, although I, I, I like, yes, different, but I think that in terms of like core gameplay design, Sea of Thieves kind of failed with its goals because what you managed to do is created a sandbox world without putting any mechanics behind it in terms Absolutely. of there's no, there's no reason to play because there's no sort of progression unless you're just doing it for sandbox fun, but then you eventually get tired of that. Or uh, if you're probably... like Nick and you love sinking ships and you just want to murder <laughs> people in their spawn point. But, but at well, least, no, but at least with Sea of Thieves, it wasn't a no man's lie situation. Uh, they weren't uh, hiding anything no they weren't lying to, no which is at least something to be grateful for yes. the price point is definitely an issue but at least now that they're giving us roadmaps they're telling us what's going to be happening what they're adding mm -hmm. so i think i told tyler this see if these will probably be worth it at the end of the year yes i actually i think that no man's sky is a good comparison but not because uh, of what was what it was like at launch but what it'll be like in the end where uh, no man's sky did redeem itself by adding yeah. a bunch of different modes i think see if these will do the same it's just troublesome what they decided to launch with uh, that's going to be mitigated by the fact that games pass exists because it's perfect for that service so they probably won't see a significant drop off but um yeah no, you i know, think I'm i think much more excited. Was made for the game pass i don't yeah, yeah no sure. really if 
feels it's that not way. like they put out like all right we have all of this working we're gonna keep adding stuff in but we want to promote the game pass let's just put it out mm -hmm. um yeah but, um also no ship customization so oh <laughs> no no change in the sales <laughs> so oh, no. why but uh yeah but you can in skull abode so hey Oh well, no! Cool. You can you can customize your ship, though. In Sea of Thieves, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, you can change, you can change the hull the, since yeah. since launch. You can change the hull, the sails. Um, yeah. Oh wait, you're, cosmetic changes, right? Not actual. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. no, it's all cosmetic. No, yeah, sorry, I'm referring to everything's yeah. 100 cosmetic. Honestly, in the long run, it's more like a, a gold sink than anything. Yeah, I, I was more referring to being able to change the different loadouts on your ship oh, and see. the weapons oh, okay. and stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, yeah. What else? Uh, I mean, that's pretty much Ubisoft in a nutshell. And unless you want to talk about any other publishers, I let's, really hit the big, let's sink our teeth in right um, into the, the big three. What's up? Devolver. Devolver Digital. Ah, yes. Thank you. Yeah, Almost sure. forgot. Okay. I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't want to bring it up because that's not my field, but go right ahead. You do your thing. <laughs> um, I, I will be honest. I'm, I don't think I've played any of Devolver Digital's games. Really? And after I saw that presentation, I looked up their previous year's presentations. <laughs> And legendary is the only word I have. Legendary, they're insane. And Did you watch all 12 hours of last year's? I didn't watch all. I couldn't get through the whole thing. Um, <laughs> the did. Two games that they announced, or three games uh, that they announced, they all look fun. I know they made Hotline Miami and the Serious Sam games. Uh, hmm. Those are the two games that they mainly make. Yeah, so um, they, they've been moving a lot into publishing these days. So there's a very, there's a careful distinction here because in terms of actually making the games, Devolver only makes a few of these and publishes the rest from other small, smaller mm -hmm. indie teams. They're more of a publisher now. So even Hotline Miami was actually published by them. Oh, I see. Than okay. Trade developed. But I was, I didn't even know that until like a week ago when I looked it up because I thought the same thing. They're so inseparable name-wise. Right. Um, but yeah, they, they Scum, which is, I actually saw Scum at PAX East. Um, they announced Scum, which is their Battle Royale version, yeah. um, with systems that are too complicated. They didn't show this off in the trailer, but Scum has systems that are like so deep that you're almost worried. Where it's oh, like, okay. like there's a BMI indicator and there's like like blood sugar levels and stuff <laughs> like that. Like it's it's ridiculous. It's almost too much. But um, yeah. And then then the big fun thing they did, if you want to take the fun, um, what was the loot box coin? Yeah, loot box the, coin. The the double meta super self-aware uh, uh, uh mastery coins it's so it's really great i think it's masterful right because there's two levels to it where uh, <laughs> they announced this thing called loot box coin which is a thing that you could buy and the joke was we're making fun of they, they always make fun of the industry and themselves and players so they're making fun of consumers for buying loot boxes by announcing loot box coin and they're like you know you'll buy it you don't know the value you can't use it for anything but you'll still buy it and it's, it's funny. so secure that even the founder doesn't even know yeah. how much it's worth. And it fluctuates in price wildly for no apparent reason. And the funny thing was, these were an actual thing you could buy on their site, right? right. They're physical so <laughs> coins, physical big discs that you can get shipped to your house. So there are two levels because the first level is they're making fun of people by loot boxes. But then if you buy the loot box coin, you're also being made fun of because you just gave them a hundred odd dollars for no reason. And, and the also actually fluctuated yeah. every hour. It yeah. went between a hundred and hundred and fifty dollars and it changed mm -hmm. randomly. So they're also laughing at you if you bought loot box coin. So it's pretty double. It's like there's two levels to it and it's really, really good. Either so, way you gave them money and that's oh, all yeah. you care about. <laughs> so they win in the end. And um, um, they win while looking like they're it's funny because they win while looking out they're looking yeah. like they're pointing out a criticism of the industry is is what they managed to pull off. So yeah. Yeah. Very true. People could buy into the joke. Uh mm -hmm. do we have any idea how much they probably made doing something like that? I know it sold out. I don't know how many yeah, they had. Sold but, I have yeah. no idea what their stock was like, but <laughs> let's see if they had a few thousand. A virtual limit? 
No, it's a physical coin. No, it's a physical it. coin. Oh, okay. Tyler, oh, so so you, you'll pay 150 bucks for a physical like coin about that big that has no value whatsoever, <laughs> and they'll ship it to your house. And uh, you know, it sold out. Let's assume they only had a thousand. 150 yeah. times a thousand is a lot. <laughs> yeah, they still made money off of it. So I'm sure they'll use that money to publish some other random indie game yeah. or port something else from 2004 that everyone forgot about. <laughs> right, Metal Gear, Metal Wolf Chaos. <laughs> Metal Wolf Chaos XD. This is crazy to me because the last time I heard about Metal Wolf Chaos, like I I, had, I knew about this game from like, I heard about it in 2011. Like it was so many years ago that I heard about it. No one talked about it since. It was a Japan only from software game from 2004 where you played as the president of the United States in a mech suit fighting your vice president. Nation. Yeah, yeah, because your vice president's a traitor. And uh, you fight him, who's also, who's also in a mech suit. And uh, the voice acting is really, really, really just over the top and not great. And it's just like, it's so weird that they found went and found this and decided to make it now, like and remaster it now and then I, actually I, port it. I'm all for it. I'm Me too. I really want to play this game. Yeah, it's it's great, but it's just so weird how they found out. Like, I have no idea. I can only imagine that somebody there just knew about it for some reason. Was like, yeah. guys, we should we should remaster Metal Wolf Chaos, and they're like, what? And then they find out what it is, and they're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, I mean, part of it is probably also um, how popular uh japanese games are becoming like well not that oh, they never really were. Not, not that they never were but <laughs> yeah. to the extent where japanese developers like well we should probably start seriously thinking about you know uh sending it over to the to the west um <laughs> a game from 2004 oh, but, but a game from 2004 is a bit much. Uh, it was crazy oh, too because it was an exclusive to the xbox in japan where yeah. I, don't, I don't know how much you guys know about xbox in japan but they actually sell in the single digits week weekly sometimes yes like when we're talking xbox one sales in japan we're talking like oh they sold 20 units this week compared to you know playstation selling a few thousand every week yeah. Uh, it's actually absurd how little Japan cares about the Xbox One and Xbox in general. So it's really impressive that this is now an Xbox a Japanese, Japanese only Xbox game is being <sighs> getting a remaster with uh, 2003. Um, what's the, what's the word um, emo emoticon? added to it at the end yeah that's true <laughs> xd at the end yeah so that was crazy i refuse to give devolver a, a grade because they're always just doing whatever so they're an uh, outlier i just want to confirm the xd is supposed to be an emoticon then right i have no it's idea just, i think I it's just know. like i think xd for like, like insanity like revamped i guess i don't they just know. put it on there's no reason yeah. The only other thing I can cross-reference this to is a GameCube game called Pokemon Coliseum XD or something like that. Gale, Gale of Darkness. Darkness. Yeah. And so that's what I originally I thought I saw XD. I'm like, oh boy, an emoticon game. This is going to be fun. <laughs> but then, you know, once we talked about it a little bit more serious, I'm like, okay, I don't know what the ex extra darkness. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I've, you know, it's weird because I've seen XD being used a couple places in Japanese games as a sort of like, ultimate version name yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of like dx kind of like dx director's cut for like sonic adventure where uh, i know guilty gear uses exerd and i know a lot of other things use that sort of it's a very japanese thing to do to have that end word or letter that's like oh it's the advanced version kiwami so I, yeah it's like kiwami or that sort of thing which i'm pretty sure kiwami just stands for triumphant or something like that i did translation but translated directly to japanese i believe it literally means extreme okay all right <laughs> So I mean, uh, same thing. I guess you could say triumphant extreme. Yeah, I've always seen it. I've always seen it translated as triumphant when I've seen it other places. Okay. But but I, what where I saw it other places, it could have been a contextual use of it to make it triumphant because it would have made more Different sense. Different prefectures. Yeah, but uh, that's I don't know. 
regardless, it was, you know, that's that's an announcement and a half. So there you go. But let's, um, let's do the bigs. Yeah, big stuff, man. Bigs. Big stuff. Big what? stuff. Do we want to do Xbox, Sony, or Nintendo? I don't want to chip my two cents in here, but I kind of want to do it in order. All right, let's do it in order. So let's, the let's big one. It. The big, big mom, the first one right here would be Microsoft with uh, yeah. Xbox One. I, I, I screamed. I, 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 there, I, you know, it ended when Microsoft ended. I'm, all my friends and I looked at each other and basically said, no one's going to beat that. That's the best presentation this year. No one's It was that. such a. Str- yeah, it was near when, perfect. It was near when, perfect. When they showed Master Chief, I was <laughs> Not, so happy. I don't care that we too. don't have a date, but. Or there's what it is confirmation, or what it is. There's so much. There's so much speculation about it being open world. Um, that they had to design a new engine for this. That it's going to be on the next gen of console. I don't care. Mm-hmm. They confirmed it, and that's enough for me to keep me over until next year. It wasn't even that for me. The thing about Microsoft is, like I said, we ranked the presentation very highly. So Microsoft came out there, and in an hour and forty minutes, they showed off fifty games, like game trailer to game trailer, yeah. announced studio acquisitions for enormous large things, showing that they're investing in their future, and also announced a commitment to be the strongest console going forward for the next generation. Yeah. It was probably the strongest thing you could have done out out of announcing Fable Four at the end. It would have been perfect if they had done that because we know it's being made now. But, yeah, we um, talked about this uh, previous episodes. Uh, yeah, I think Microsoft is being is starting to take this seriously. Well, the is, thing that, is, is that what's happening? It's weird because uh, so here's no. the here's the progression, right? Microsoft always has good conferences. We've given them the win, my friends and I, a few other years as well. But Phil Spencer, who was the boss of Xbox, got promoted to a vice president of Microsoft because of his work there. So he has more influence now, and he likely used that to court even more investment in their console business. So it looks like going forward now, Phil Spencer's saying like, oh, no, we're, we're doing a thing. We're making it happen. And um, they couldn't have really – there's only a couple things they could have done to make this even more perfect than it already was. Uh, I mean, let's be real. Like, we talk about the amount of games they showed. They also, funny enough, showed off the most exclusive games on their platforms. Yeah. Out of all the conferences, I, I went and crunched the numbers afterwards, and uh, they beat everybody for exclusives. Yeah. And, yep. and th- they have to. I hate that exclusivity is a thing, but they have to if they, they want have to. World yeah. exclusive. Yeah. 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 And yeah. not only now, but they also have now have the best version of these games because of 1X and PC. One X and, so, and they confirmed or at least mentioned that they're working on the next gen. Yeah, that's the thing is that was such an announcement out of left field because it was a commitment. It wasn't even an announcement we're working on the next generation of consoles. It was an announcement that Xbox intends to be the strongest in the next generation yeah. as well, uh, power-wise. And they're saying, yeah. like, what happened this time will not happen again. We're about, it, we're about to be hit up with 32 teraflops in the next generation. <laughs> yeah, and that, all those teraflops. And it sounds like it's coming out. I, I think, actually, I do think Sony's going to move up their timetable based on what I saw at E3. I think we're getting both of them 2020. Um, Xbox and PS5. That seems realistic. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be forced. Uh, so I think Sony's being forced a little bit to move up their timetable. Yeah. I also think a couple of the games at Sony's presentation might be for PS5. There's just yeah. a couple things. Um, so but 2020 Microsoft. is also when I think Cyberpunk will be released, which yeah. I was hyped for. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, and CD Starfield, Project, potentially. And Starfield, potentially, mm-hmm. yes. Because CD Projekt Red are fantastic developers. Yes, they are. I love them. The work that they've done with The Witcher 3 and now the Cyberpunk looks great uh, from all the closed door gameplay. Um, And when we say, yeah, and when you say fantastic developer, I mean, in this case, we very much mean it because as a developer, they're fantastic. I mean, the fact that with such a small team with budget limited compared to other, you know, AAA games, they managed to put out one of the, what some people consider the best game of all time uh, in The Witcher 3 or at least one of the top. Yeah. It's extremely impressive what they've managed to do. Yeah. And, and yeah. 
Yeah, so um, the closed uh, closed doors gameplay said it's a first person shooter. Um, it it looks finished. So people have said it looks finished. Mm-hmm. And I think what CD Projekt Red are going to try to do is they're going to put it out on two generations of consoles. Yeah, I'm feeling that I, too. I, I think am. I think that's the plan. I think it's ready enough where they'll put it out first on the current generation. And then as soon as the new generation drops, there's going to be some sort of package deals, at least with the Xbox for sure. Um, yeah, I think it'll actually just be a, like a game. I think it's going to be a Breath of the Wild even where it's, or Twilight Princess where it's like, okay, it's out on PS4 and PS5. So if you're yeah. not looking to upgrade yet, you can still play it. But, you know, it's there if you want to. And, uh, yeah, just as a whole, you know, everything that Microsoft did there was practically the most effective version of what they could do. Even the trailers that they were showing, compared to Sony, for example, um, there were a lot of gameplay in those trailers there, yeah. as opposed to cinematic trailers, despite, yeah. you know, the joke being that, you know, Microsoft is, uh, or Microsoft's changed. It's really, it's changed in the last few years. But even things like, I mean, we had gameplay in the Devil May Cry trailer, Devil May Cry 5 trailer. We had a little bit of gameplay, at least in engine footage, in Jump Force, which, mind you, I mentioned before how I thought Microsoft was going to have a Japanese presence. I didn't yeah. think they were going to steal it from Sony. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> Jump Force was. I had no, I had no idea that I, I knew Devil May Cry Five was happening. I knew it in the heart of hearts. I oh knew yeah, you it called coming. it. I did, but it was yeah. called at Sony. I didn't call it at Microsoft. I called okay, it at yeah. Sony. Um, and, and so when I saw it at Microsoft, I was like, "What is going on?" Like. The money they shelled out for marketing deals on all this stuff was ridiculous. Again, because we talked about it, they have the capital. It's just that the mm-hmm. Xbox team just never really bothered much. Yeah. Right. Um, and so now it's it's happening. Yeah, they've decided to start winning. And yeah. it's dangerous for everybody involved. For everyone else, it's going to be very dangerous. And uh, even the, the big thing for me, too, because I love this sort of thing, was the studio acquisitions. Because they acquired a bunch of studios to now work on first-party games for them, including now they finally acquired the Forza, uh, Forza Horizon devs, um, mm-hmm. as well as Ninja Theory, which is, I think, the big one. Because Ninja Theory, the creators of Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, oh, yeah. the creators yeah. of DMC, um, the oh, reboot of Devil oh, May Cry, yeah. They have so much behind them work-wise. And the fact that they're now a first-party developer for Microsoft is super strong. It's so super upsetting, strong. too, because I played Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice for the PS4 mm-hmm. and loved it. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, they're also the uh, people that made the game Heavenly Sword. They yeah. are, yep. Heavenly Sword and a couple other things as well. Loved Heavenly Sword on the PlayStation 3. You probably mm-hmm. can guess where I'm getting with this. So when people were able to play on the xbox one i was like good for them they should you know enjoy and appreciate it i didn't think they would buy the company (laughs) (laughs) you know it's funny but i never i haven't talked about it on an air much but it's kind of what i referenced before where um, like a couple ever since a couple years back my friend sam and i have always been talking about this idea that microsoft has the capital just win whenever they want to they could just buy any publicly traded company and they could just do it and so we used to joke that they could buy bethesda that was our joke is like they could just buy bethesda and start winning from that point on i'm but, I'm afraid uh, that they could actually do that. Like. Yeah, they and they could. They theoretically could if it was publicly traded. I'm not too sure on Bethesda's status there um, because I know they're, the ZeniMax is the holding group, I believe, for that. And that, that might be, but I don't know. But um, yeah, no, they just bought Ninja Theory because they could. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, why not, right? It, and that's such a strong move. It's horrifyingly upsetting, though, because <laughs> like... For well, what? Tyler, it's time to get an Xbox. I don't know. I, I, maybe, I know, they're, right? maybe they're forcing you to buy their system. I'll give you. I'll give you. No I'll kidding. Give you well, I mean, if you give me your <laughs> PS4, Tyler, you can have my Xbox. I, I'm not ex- like I'm not a big fan of the whole exclusivity of uh, games in general. However, yeah. I do respect that you know big name uh, you know console owners are publisher of their own games, and for good reason. They want to convince you to own their console. Mm-hmm. However, 
this was a moment to where like somebody that delivers to different consoles that I'd like, and I was excited because it started off with you know Sony. It's like, oh, it's going to Sony, but I don't like exclusivity. Pass on the you know the the to the Xbox. So let's be happy here. But then Microsoft was like, glomp, just picked it up and was like, you're ours now. Yeah. I love it. I love when stuff like this happens. It's it's when I get most excited about the industry, honestly. So I was freaking. I was freaking. It freaked me out. Like the, the very first time I can remember this very specifically would be Minecraft. Played so much of it on the PC. And you know, Mojang is like, hey, I'm gonna share it with Microsoft. Microsoft's like, sure, buddy, we'll play. And you know, it got really popular. You know, they they shared it to the uh, PlayStation 4 or PS3, and you know, they, they shared it to the different platforms. Microsoft is like, glomp, it's yep. mine now. It's what Microsoft does. They will buy things like they when they want to get into a new end industry, basically, they'll buy things, cannibalize the team, and then use it towards their own ends. This is actually how Xbox and Microsoft got into the console business in the first place. Half of the original Xbox team was the Dreamcast team from Sega because Sega worked on uh, Windows CE, which was the operating system that the Dreamcast ran with mm. Microsoft. And then when Sega went down, Microsoft swooped right in and bought everything <laughs> nice so they were originally actually even planning for the xbox to be backwards compatible with the dreamcast and that's why you see things like panzer dragoon as series move forward on xbox and jet set as well but uh yeah no they just it's what they do they cannibalize things they buy them and then they make them their own you pretty much uh described what i view as the uh the old history of the country of austria <laughs> who is well known of expanding by diplomatic marriage yeah. uh, as well described in civilization five. And so just the way you <laughs> described that it's, it's a beautiful and horrifying experience of assimilation through the power of money. Yep. And I, I shouldn't be upset because yes, one day I'll, probably get an xbox one or whatever the new thing is or maybe it'll come out on game pass and i'll get to play it on the pc yep 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 dream yep. Big, dream big. game pass is a good service oh, so that's oh, my show that's for the, the week that's the best part about it halo infinite will be on the pc alongside uh yeah. forza horizon uh four yeah and, and gears five yeah and gears tactics gears ta i did i actually missed out on that trailer i haven't caught up on it i'm not excited just because it's xcom gears basically which is and cool for also me. i generally don't really care about spin-off things too much so like with the pokemon games i just care about the main rpg oh man you should uh, some of the most juicy stuffs in spin-off games i really want to try the spin-off games but it's like when when you have financial constraints yeah understandable right? i just more mean in general where i think spin-off games as a as an idea are my favorite because it's where they get to experiment without yeah. touching yeah, and potentially without, yeah, ruining exactly. the yeah. main series yeah. yeah no no that's uh so like i'm all for it but mm -hmm. Probably only ever going to buy the main series, and Gears Gears of War has a very special place in chain of memories. Um, so I'm really excited for Gears Five because yeah. it seems like a whole bunch of things changed. And I'm all for it, spinoff wise. I'm all for it, except for when it's a Funko Pop game. Um, Listen, um, can I point out my Funko collection? Right I might need to die now. I guess. Do I have to die to like stop this from existing? I don't. <laughs> no, we're gonna. It's gonna happen. No, it's a. It's See that shelf? It just could be. It. Just it could be worse. It could be worse, Cam. It could be rabbits. Would you it's like to play the Lego game collection of Pokemon Quest with me? <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. As soon as Pokemon Quest comes out on iOS, I'm downloading it. I would it much comes rather. with a free liter of bleach. Drinkable yeah. or no? Your I'm choice. just saying, there's not many things I would do. Like, there's not many things I would I would prefer to do. Ah, how to, how to word this, right? I think among the worst things that could possibly happen is Rabbids and Funko Pops. Yeah, so, so like, that's why. So in, in hindsight, Gears and Funko Pop is not that bad. <laughs> No, I'm. I think that might be worse. <laughs> I, I don't know. It might be worse. I don't know. 
I have to do some thinking about that. I need to meditate and determine if that's worse or not. Let's just wait but, and uh, see what happens. Nick, yeah, it's like suggesting like, oh, you have termites in your house in your house. At least it's not <laughs> nuclear war. And and no, like, see, at least oh, it's that's not fantastic. nuclear warfare. Uh, uh, as of all the of all the series to give in to the to the Funko menace, why was it Gears of War? <laughs> because it needed to be less scary for a wider audience. Right. No, but my point is my point is thinking about that backwards. I'm saying why was Gears of War the game that they decided to be Funko Pop? That's that's what I was thought about it. Like out of all games they picked Gears of War, which seemed weird. I don't know. Right. There's so many other games you could have picked. But I think it's also a sign of Microsoft's um buying capability now. All the marketing deals that they made, all the advertising deals. We had uh was it uh Kingdom Hearts first Mm -hmm. announced? No, yeah, Kingdom Hearts, uh Division Two, um Shadow of the Tomb Devil Raider, May I think Cry, they Devil yeah, May Cry, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, as well as uh, Jump Force, which is real crazy because that's Bamco. Uh, they had the Near Port as well. Yeah, but most things, honestly, most of the stuff was just crazy marketing deals getting showed off there first. And for all those things, they're the strongest platform to play it on now. So yeah, big case, Microsoft, big case to be made there. They they they, they made a statement this year. Yeah, and they announced a ton of exclusives. Let's be yeah. real. And uh, even even in terms of, uh, you know, Forza Horizon 4 as well was a very effective trailer. Yeah. I, I was joking about this. And this, you know, when we get into Sony, which is next, uh, I feel this holds true. But I put out a tweet basically saying, you know, Sony said they were going to do deep dives on their big four games. And despite not being a deep dive, Sony, uh, what's it called? Forza Horizon 4 managed to show more than uh, their some of their deep dives did in Sony. Mm-hmm. And it was much more effective. So. Yeah, Microsoft, I, you know, almost couldn't have asked for a better conference. They did. Okay, so here's the weird thing. They confirmed Fable 4 without announcing it. So th- it was there was this weird stuff. So here's what happened, right? Back early this year, January, February, there was a rumor that came out that the Forza Horizon team was going to be making an open world for a new Fable game. And that's a really weird rumor. We're like, okay, that doesn't make much sense. Uh, why would they be doing that? Of course, lo and behold, Forza Horizon 4. And, of course, Microsoft buys the studio that makes them which is, I think, Playground Labs or Playground something, I believe. Oh, yeah, right. We, I think yeah. we talked about this two episodes yeah. ago. Like, it's weird that um, the develop, the devs that do Forza... Our second party, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, well, now they're first party, but the point is, clearly what happened is Forza Horizon 4 was made, they bought them up, and now they're putting them on a Fable project. And yeah. Phil Spencer said as much on stage. He said, uh, we really like the Forza Horizon team's open worlds, and you'll see a little more of that later with a new title we're working on. And it was a clear Fable 4 announcement. But then wink, he didn't wink, announce it at the end. Yeah. And okay. then he didn't announce it at the end. If he had, that would have been an almost perfect presentation. Or that, that would have been practically perfect. I, I wouldn't see how you could top that. In terms of just effectiveness but yeah microsoft absolute destroyers out there this year um definitely won almost all aspects i actually did a breakdown a couple ways so they won all my scores and i also broke down okay from all the games that were shown i looked at all the traffic and from the microsoft conference uh, they basically have the most talk about all the games that were at microsoft had the most talk about them compared to everybody else barely bethesda came in second place barely but uh, it was like a matter of a couple thousand in terms of um, like discussion points across mediums. But Microsoft even won in terms of getting people talking about the games they showed off. So, okay. Yeah. Sure. It's very beautiful. Um, uh, so, uh, did you give it a, a letter grade? 
Yeah, I gave it an A. The only reason it wasn't A plus is because I think A plus needs to be perfect because A plus means you can't go any higher, really. And so, only thing I could have done to make it made Hello it. Hello Infinite, it's out now. No, no, only that was it for me. I was ready to stop. I was like, I saw, I saw Master Chief. I'm like, all right, well, I'm good to go ahead <laughs> off. Yeah. No, no, because I, I still want to be reasonable, right? Because you could always say, oh, they announced 30 new IPs, but being reasonable, the only thing I could have asked for is a Fable Four announcement, um, a little less Division Two, and besides that, it would have been perfect. It would have been absolutely perfect. Uh, so yeah, Microsoft, they win. That's that's what I have to say. They win, Microsoft. Yep. Well, let's not talk about the other two then. It's doesn't need anything Pointless. to be said. If Microsoft, Pointless. they're just gonna buy them, okay? Yeah, <laughs> they're just gonna buy Sony. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, but no, what's it called? Let's. We should move on to Sony now, though. Speaking of Sony, yes, uh, that was an interesting start to an E3 presentation. Sony is buying yeah. time, methinks. Sony. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't actually watch the presentation, mm-hmm. but Sony. I've heard not very good things about it logistically. You render a video cool. still, so they sent out the musical director with the closest musical instrument they could find. For a <laughs> what what, what do you think happened? Like, um, I, I think oh I gosh, would imagine so all these developers. We need video 4K. Time, right? They would have plenty of time to get ready. Mm-hmm. And so. You would think also they'd have some dry runs, some rehearsals set up for whenever they do these big flashy things. Yeah, so- I I think I know what happened, and I think what happened is is what we actually have seen from Nintendo in previous years. I think that Sony's reaching the end in terms of the PS4. I think they're not ready to announce anything for the future yet because that's still a couple of years out. But I think they're you know they're padding for time. They're buying time as much as they can because uh, we we were actually we had some conjecture what would be the last big PS4 games. Do we know what they are already? And back then I thought. Maybe not. I think there might be a couple more. But uh, having seen this presentation, I think that these might be the last big PS4 games. I think yeah, like yeah. games-wise, quality yeah. of the games that they announced, fantastic. I watched all the trailers, mm-hmm. um, except for one really questionable trailer. Um, but yeah, I, I watched bits and pieces of the conference, and it didn't seem it seemed like they were panicked. Well, the big thing, too, is that Sony promised us deep dives. They said, here was their excuse, right? Their excuse was, oh, we're not going to announce a bunch of stuff and focus on other games because we've decided to do big deep dives. And the first thing I'll say to you is uh, that's that's a load of bunk. And I guarantee you a couple of years from now, they'll walk back on that completely when they have a bunch to announce. But the fact is they didn't. And uh, what they actually did was, oh, we're going to deep dive on these four games. They didn't even really do that. They didn't do that. A deep dive, as far as I'm concerned, is the sort of thing that they did with Smash Bros. and Nintendo, where you talk about the game's mechanics. You talk about what's in the game. As far as a deep dive goes, Last of Us 2 got there a little bit. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima definitely didn't. Death Stranding definitely didn't. And Spider-Man didn't really either. We didn't know half of what was in those games. I came out of Ghost of Tsushima not understanding how the camera worked. And that's not something that a deep dive should... It rotates, uh, Cam. (laughs) No, but it's not something a deep dive should overlook. It was cinematic. I was worried it was Arkham Combat, yeah. but um, it's not something a deep dive shouldn't be should be you know leave you wanting. And so even while saying it was a deep dive, they didn't show off much of the games they said they were focusing on. Again, that's uh, heartbreaking. Sony, it was all uh, closed door demos, and mm. they got great feedback from all the closed door demos, but. You need to show some of it sometime at yeah. some point. The other thing too, when it comes to closed door demos, I don't necessarily trust the people playing them half the time because oh, yeah. the thing is, Sony makes very, very journalist bait games where they they review well, they review very, very well. Because here's the thing: like the thing about journalism and game industry journalism too is that a lot of people have to spend time to get through these games. So when you're presented a challenge like a 60 hour JRPG, uh, you don't have the crunch time to get through that and write a real review. So when right. a game is cinematic when it makes it easy to understand when it's you know short in length that's makes it 
easy to review and everybody likes that. So it reviews very well. And Sony's been making very good, like big review bait games recently in terms of their cinematic template they have going, um, which don't get me wrong. I mean, their games are good too. I I enjoyed, you know, God of War, I think is the strongest contender for game of the year right now, but uh, they review very well. So I don't necessarily trust the closed door to tell me what I want to know at least. Um, Okay. So you're telling me that you feel like you did not get as much of a deep dive as you would have expected from a game like Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, because here's the thing, right? When I say deep dive, what I expect is to understand the systems that are in the game and not just be shown an extended cinematic trailer with a little bit of in-engine gameplay. Like I said, Forza Horizon 4 did a better job at this than Ghost of Tsushima did because they talked about their season systems. They talked about how the multiplayer works, how the drop-in, drop-out works. Ghost of Tsushima just showed us a trailer with some gameplay in it. The gameplay footage of Last of Us Part Two was over twice the length of the cinema. Yeah, but they didn't explain what was in there. They showed us how the gameplay worked, yes, but they didn't explain any of the new systems. They didn't go in depth and explain, okay, well, here's how this system works. Here's how you know the, the crafting works in this game and stuff like that. We saw very little of any of that. So you when want you- Jack Trenton with a laser pointing saying, over here, Ellie pushed the <laughs> circle button. And no, I, I want to be actually, sold. I want to be sold a game, not an experience, not a cinematic experience. That's what I want. And so, when I'm being shown a game, I want to see the game. And I did see the game from Last of Us. It wasn't the most egregious. Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, well, Death Stranding was the most egregious, but that's a Kojima game, so it's to be expected. But uh, Ghost of Tsushima was the most egregious. But Last of Us still uh, didn't show off as much as I would have wanted it to. Uh, it still gave us a scenario, and also I would I would also hazard a guess that there was a little bit of lying going on there. Uh, there's a bit of a liar tax I want to levy against Naughty Dog in general because their games, when they show them at E3, generally get downgraded. I remember we were promised a lot of things in Last of Us 1 that never made it in terms of how advanced the AI was and the sort of things it could do. And I saw a lot of that in this trailer that I don't believe will make it to the full game 100%. So um, I I don't trust Naughty Dog fully, but I would have liked them to explain how those things worked and basically what sort of new things you can see in this game, what they added and that sort of thing. But the fact that they didn't uh, made it not as much as a deep dive as it should have been, in my opinion. Ghost of Tsushima, what would you have preferred to have seen from this you know, this trailer or this gameplay footage mm-hmm. that would have made it a better game in your like, eyes. Well, the thing was, we didn't, We again, we saw a cinematic experience, not so much a game. We still don't know how the combat system works, how the camera functions. Like, we're debating over on our end, we're debating, is it Arkham combat? Is it Batman Arkham combat? Or is it something else? We don't know because they didn't tell us that. They didn't show us that. All they showed us was some pretty shots and slices of them attacking and uh, countering, but we don't know is it a counter-based system or did they just happen to be perfect parrying the entire time? Like the meat of it wasn't there. So uh, when I see games like that, I'm basically like, we didn't even know it was an open world until they told us after the conference. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like Mm -hmm. they said after the conference, yes, it's an open world game. We didn't know that the gameplay didn't show us that they just showed us an area. So we're left to assume. And that's not what a deep dive should be in my opinion. That's true. And, but I would like to also say for the record, it seems almost completely certain that this is going to be an Arkham style battle system with pairing and combat in terms of one-on-one management. I mean, I I know it didn't show it because it didn't show buttons for the most part. That's the one thing I noticed that it doesn't show much uh, button prompt or inputs. Yeah. And it doesn't need to. What I more mean is that like the thing about Arkham combat isn't showing the buttons. It's more about is the system based on countering enemy attacks or attacking yourself. And it very well couldn't have been very well could have been something else and still might be hopefully because uh, we haven't seen Arkham like combat 
big for a while. It's been a few years. So they've really been focusing in on Dark Souls type combat. So everybody going into it likely expected Dark Souls type combat. Um, but uh, we, we're not sure what it is yet right now. And I'd hope it's not Arkham, but I don't know. I mean, it'd be a fusion of things. The two I would hope. Yeah. It showed exactly what the kind of combat that I guess I would have expected from the game. You either parry, you know, wait for time, uh, you know, defensive fighting and stances, or you can switch into a more offensive front and hope to God that, you know, the computer AI doesn't know how to counter your attack. Yeah, that's the thing about the Arkham combat, though, is that it becomes, I feel it becomes very monotonous because you rely, you to be optimal, you have to rely on that counter and that defense. Because if you could just press a button whenever they attack you and defeat the enemy in a cinematic cutscene, uh, that's a lot different than having to deal with spacing and having to deal with, you know, speed and weight of your attacks like you do in a Dark Souls styled uh, combat game, basically. Well, uh, not that I want to put you on edge here. Now it feels like instead of uh, saying that we don't understand what kind of combat style it's offering, now you're switching to a, this is a boring kind that we know about. Well, that's because you were just talking about Arkham style combat. I'm just commenting on that. I still don't know if the game is or not, but uh, what I'm saying is I would like to know. <laughs> well, is there anything that you did enjoy about the game? Um, yeah, I mean, it looks beautiful. <laughs> the idea that <laughs> you're able to bad. look for almost a mile out without much need for a pop out. Yeah, like I said, no, it does look beautiful, but uh, like Sony focuses so much on their cinematic aspects and they need to make sure that they're still selling a game in the end, uh, which is the big problem I felt like they had uh, these last couple of years. So like it was nice. God of War, you know, God of War is a great example, actually, because God of War had incredibly strong gameplay that they could have leaned on in their advertisements, but didn't. They decided to lean in more on the cinematic aspect so that when we got the game, we didn't know how fleshed out the system would be. We had to kind of just hope and rely on, you know, the the hope that they designed a good game there, but it ends up being wonderful. So if they're confident in their system, they should show it off. That's the opinion I have, especially when they say they're going to focus on a game. Uh, I would have, I wouldn't have been, there's the thing, right? It's about expectations and about if Sony met their own goal, because, you know, if Microsoft came out and said, oh, we're going to deep dive on Halo, we're going to deep dive on uh, Forza Horizon 4 and Gears of War 5, right? If they said that, then I would have given them less points because they didn't meet their goal. But Sony said they're going to focus on these four games and they didn't meet their goal in my opinion. So that's, that's why I'm, I'm not giving them the points for that is because they didn't set out to achieve. They didn't achieve the thing they wanted to basically. I guess uh, in the end, you'd have to try to figure out with some kind of solidarity, what constitutes a deep dive? Is yeah. it 10 foot, you know, 10 minutes of footage that gives you a slice of what the game's going to be like, or is it active sitting down and talking about to, you know, the nitty gritty details what this game is going to be about, what it's going to have to offer, what should you expect when you start this game? Yeah, I think the thing is, like, a Deep Dive, I'd, I'd kind of go back to what they've said before, too, in terms of Sony, because they called it a Deep Dive this year, but it wasn't anything very different from things they've done in the past when they didn't call that a Deep Dive. That's true. It seemed like they were focusing in on it to try and buy time, um, to try and, like, lower everyone's expectations ahead of time, which is fair if they don't have a lot to announce. But um, it did seem like they were trying to use it as a tool to lower expectations rather than, okay, let's actually focus on these games a ton. I don't know why I'm trying to defend Sony in any case, considering I'm a Nintendo fanboy. Uh, <laughs> do we know who actually suggested that this was going to be a, a deep dive of sorts? 
Yeah, so they they put it out like five times officially before the press conference. They they you know Sean Layton said it right before the conference. Uh, they said it in a few press releases beforehand, saying like, guys, it's not going to be a lot of new announcements. Oops, sorry, hit my mic. They're like, we're not going to be a lot of new announcements. We're going to focus on these four games in particular, and uh, that's why I kept getting tripped up about what the four games were because I always thought the Days Gone or Red Dead Redemption Two was part of them, but they mm. weren't ever. Uh, so, and that's another thing we actually didn't see Red Dead this whole E3. Yeah, there's a couple of games <laughs> really that bizarre. like you totally expected to see, but just yeah, under the radar, gone. Yeah, Not but nothing. um, but yeah, overall, you know, Sony did announce Neo Two, which is a very small announcement. They just showed a cinematic thirty second thing. Excuse me, but uh, yeah, Neo Two is coming out. That's great, and uh, they announced something else as well. There was oh, what was it? No, there were three things I think. Oh, Resident Evil Remake Two, and finally, and then um, there was one more. Control. Control. Thank you from Remedy. Yes, the people did Alan Wake. Yeah, so they had three three new things they showed off, as well as the small trailers they did for other stuff and the quote unquote deep dives they did for those four games. Um, but overall, you are loving that term deep dives and the the lack ah, thereof. You know, it's what they use. So I'm going to hit them for it. <laughs> I'm going to give them that punch. I mean, if you were to take that term away and you were to look at this uh, this conference, what would you say? Did they deliver uh, at least a, a, a healthy insight or? Is it because oh, yeah. of that the whole thing that you're you're looking for the deep cuts that you're you know being told that you're going to be yeah. given is that what just crippled your experience with this? No, I think we we saw a reasonable amount of stuff if it wasn't meant to be a deep dive. Like I said, so like for Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us, and all that, Spider Man as well, um, Death Stranding could use a little bit more, but it's a Kojima game, and those are weird anyway. Something. Um, it wouldn't wouldn't have been bad. Like it wouldn't have changed the overall score too much in terms of what we got, because then it still would have been the case where it's like, okay, they did a lot of talking, they did unnecessary performances to pad for time. They announced like three new things, but that doesn't make the cut above other people, for example, who are much more effective with their time. But it definitely would have been a better score. It's the fact that they claimed that they were going to go in deep to focus in on, in on these four games and then did not do that. I mean, to be fair, in comparison, like if. Microsoft's closest deep cut that I could think of, you know, of their newest announced game would probably be, for example, Halo Infinite. I think Forza yeah. Horizon was probably the deepest they went, but that okay, I can I can work with Forza Horizon. Uh, it's a bit hard to do that just because of the style of gameplay for the most part. I have a generic glazed eye view over racing and what it can offer, but you know that doesn't mean everybody has something like that. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to compare it to say, you know, deep dives. None of the other companies whatsoever said anything about you know anything like that. They're going to you know give you healthy cut and views, but it feels like in terms of trailers and gameplay footage, Sony gave a lot more than almost any other that we've talked so far. Uh, completely disagree. Okay. Sony showed off gameplay only actually at those four. Um, Death Stranding, we saw some in-engine stuff. Last of Us, we saw about eight minutes of gameplay. Spider-Man, we saw I think like five or six. Mm-hmm. And um, Ghost of Tsushima, we saw an additional like five or six. But uh, of course, Nintendo was at Smash for 25, 30 minutes. So there's that right there, of yeah, course. Plus the, the freaking tree. <laughs> yep, tree house. But I don't count Treehouse as part of the conference itself. I count the direct only, really. But uh, they also showed off the mech game for a while. And then uh, Division 2 was over at Microsoft, as so was so Forza Horizon. The of the things that we talked so far, I, I did not bring up Nintendo. Oh, that's I true. Know. That's true. But yeah, no, Microsoft, uh, what's it called? They showed off Forza Horizon for about eight minutes. They showed off Division 2 for as well about eight minutes. Um, they showed off a few other things gameplay if we're talking pure gameplay including in engine stuff they showed off um, more because they, they had a longer conference too an hour and 40 okay. minutes compared to an hour 20 um and they just went game to game they didn't talk about stuff really 
But uh, yeah, because every trailer at Microsoft also, a vast majority of them had at least a minute of gameplay, in-engine gameplay in them. So, Okay. Uh, the real topic of the show question is now going to be, why the heck did they bring a banjo into this? <laughs> it's the Last of Us theme, dude. They gotta. Yeah, but they played reason. the guitar for most of <laughs> the stuff. Why reason. a banjo? I don't know. Banjos just, are cool. Is this set in the south part of you know what was left of America now? Because Sony definitely wants to have close experiences with you, the player, and isn't at all padding for time. <laughs> um, for me, Sony was, yeah, logistical issues. Yeah. Um, okay, there was a de- there was Destiny stuff, so I'm excited. <laughs> That's it. That was my takeaway. There was there was some Destiny stuff at the uh, Sony conference. It was relatively um, small, though, right? The yeah, stuff? no, it was enough. It was enough to like enrage the entire community. Um, oh, wow because they killed off one of the main characters. Oh. Um, so they killed dun, off dun, um, dun. one of the races. It's you. There are three races, three playable races. Um, they, they make no uh, difference to anything. They're just the races. Uh, you've got humans, Awokens, uh, the Awoken who are like glowy humans, and you've got the Exo who are basically like androids. Um, you have uh, three classes and you have three leaders in game who you go to redeem stuff and get missions from. And so there's one for each class. The Titans is an Awoken and he's voiced by, I want to say Lance Reddick. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I think it's Lance Reddick. Then you have for the Warlocks who are like the, the space cowboys who throw big space magic bombs. You have uh, the lady from um, Suits, the, the, the lawyer woman. Not um, anime. I can't help you. <laughs> um, i only know lance have... reddick because of uh i actually think lance reddick was one of the antagonists in uh quantum break if i'm remembering correctly so that's why uh, i know dina torres that's her name so dina torres uh, voices okay. the uh warlock um uh, leader and nathan fillion voices mm-hmm. the hunter um vanguard leader and they killed his character off Ooh. and nathan fillion was the big lead for destiny 2 at mm-hmm. his launch he was i remember yeah. character yeah and so now we have we have a personal vendetta against whoever killed him off, and more reason to jump back into the game. And yep. they show some of the system <laughs> that um, the changes, some of the changes they're making. They're changing the weapon system. It's going to be fun again. So if you want now, not not even kidding. If you want now, you can run three shotguns. Ooh. You can run a oh, primary shotgun. Yeah. You can run a secondary shotgun, and you can run a heavy shotgun. Nice. Um, Oh, actually, adding, real quick, um, I don't know, finish up on Destiny because this is post-Destiny stuff. But Yeah, so they're adding a bunch of things. Um, there's a new game mode that's PvE, PvE, basically environment, other players, and you do a bunch of stuff. You have oh, objectives, like it. and it's really yeah. cool. It's fun. Um, it's 4v4. Um, they showed some of that. Uh, people were able to play it at the conference at E3, um, and, and they're bringing it to GuardianCon. Because they officially Bungie officially announced that they're going to be at Guardian Con as Bungie. Nice. Uh, the, devs, the devs and community managers have always gone, but nice. never like as Bungie. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to be there, and they're going to make this new uh, game mode playable. And so nice. I'm really excited, and I'll talk to you guys more about Guardian Con. I'm later. sure. Stay yeah. Tuned. I wanted to jump back real quick to uh, just something at Microsoft. Speaking about characters, or I should say, people getting the fan base all riled up. Um, how are you doing with that Aqua reveal, though, Tyler? <laughs> From Aqua Hearts Three. From Kingdom Hearts 3. Wait, is that a thing though? I, I must have missed this. What's going on here? When Aqua turns around and she has the uh the Xehanort eyes. Oh yeah. She, yeah. That <laughs> is true. That, about that. that happened from birth by sleep. Yes, I forgot about that. 
Why, why, why would they freak about that, though? Because didn't she get possessed by Xehanor in Birth by Sleep? Or everyone, am I missing this? I never played them, but everyone was treating it like it was the first time because they were all screaming when it got revealed. I like, think, I think wait, because it's been 13 years. Guys. That's true. Wait, <laughs> do we remember what the name of the main characters in Birth by Sleep is? Uh, all right, hold on. I'm going to shoot off some names. It was Aventus? Yes. Okay, all right, Ventus. Well, let's, let's say... Uh, you said, uh, what was the name of the character you're talking about that they were freaking about? Aqua. Uh, okay. That's one of the trios. It's Terra, Ventus, and Aqua, I believe. Either Ventus, I think it might have been Terra, actually, was the one that got possessed. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. So Aqua is, you know, got a, a clean slate. So mm -hmm. I suppose if they're going to be possessed, then yes, I guess that would be some, you know, oh no, we're upset here. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, it was one of those things where in the trailer she turns around like Mickey's looking through a, a darkness wormhole or something and she turns around and says it's too late and she has the yellow eyes and like you could hear people just screaming. Like you could look up the reaction videos. They're really great. People just like My crying. Bad yeah, they oh, are. They're, no. they're like crying, falling over, just losing it over this. They're like, no, my pure aqua, how could you? <laughs> My wife who has been tainted. Yeah. Um, um, but but yeah, I just wanted to jump back to that real quick in terms of characters getting destroyed. <laughs> so but yeah. um, is there anything else before um, Tyler can start fangirling? I mean, I'll, I'll fangirl a little too. I think Nintendo did a good job. I'm yeah. trying to be the Stellar War champion for Sony over here as Cam like tears <laughs> them limb from limb. They deserve it this time. Death Stranding was weird, guys. <laughs> Death Stranding was weird. Of course it's it terrible. Is. Of course, three people in the sky. There were shadow people. There was a fetus scanner yep. radar thing. Yeah, it was weird. There was a delivery man. He just wants to get all these pizzas delivered, but all these shadow people are trying to mess with his day. What's going on? You let Kojima outside of his box, and now you reap the consequences. It's it's just what happens. It's what, I love it. Like what you got? Yeah, I would. Again, these are one of the games I would buy a PS4 for just because of how no, weird it looks. No, don't do that, man. Never. I, I just because it's so weird, and I want to play it whenever it comes oh, out, man. whatever it is. I How like can I Norman be the Stale War champion of Sony if you're going to try to make this the priority of your PS4 purchase? <laughs> no, the priority the priority is um, uh, the Crash remix, oh, yeah. Spyro remix, God of War, then this, the Kojima game. <laughs> That's the list. Officially. That's an interesting list. Game. And I'll just I'll just sneak some JRPGs, some Vita games. I'll sneak them in too. Just just a little. Yeah, bit. No, I'm not complaining. As long as you send them yeah. to me for free, please. Yeah, Ken, yeah, thanks. No problem. No, no. Yeah, of course, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, but Sony, 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 Sony. Um, like I said, I think overall I put them right in the middle of the pack in terms of right, right with Bethesda, where they, you know, they did they announced new things, a couple new things. They didn't announce as much as Bethesda or a few other people, but they really fell short on their presentation style, I believe. So uh, I put the middle of the pack. Okay, fine. I, uh, I realize I cannot change your mind, no matter how much of this fine wine I drink. So no matter how competitive I'm going to get, or I'm going to get, I'm either going to start slurring. <laughs> or you're going to have a good counter argument that I cannot defeat. So <laughs> I'm going to go back to my, my childhood home here over at Dude. Nintendo. Nintendo. Don't, don't you mean uh smash bros conference? It's a good thing. I will say it's a good thing. I don't have to also uh, shred hopes and dreams for Nintendo. So that's a good thing too. Honestly, that's okay because that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. So, I gave him second place. I'm okay. Well, yeah. we'll have discussion about that. All right. Nintendo started with Super Mario Party. Well, no, they started with Damon X Machina. No, oh, hold uh, your horses. Okay. I'm sorry. Did Damon they started, X Machina. They started with a new IP. Some of the biggest points that you can give to somebody is starting off your conference with a new IP. Very strong opening. Yeah, so. the, the hype crowd or what do you call what do you call a band that starts up for the main show? 
A hype man. Oh, hype man. Oh, okay. So no, that's mostly rap. Like it's, oh uh, yeah. Uh, it's a hype man, and then in terms of bands, it's uh, you've got an opening band. Right? Uh, Cam, what did you think about this game? I love it. It's right at my wheelhouse, actually. So this is the type of game I love to play the most. You have a very Japanese-inspired you know, mech action game. We don't get many of those anymore. Uh, it looks like it was being developed by Marvelous, which Marvelous does have some action experience via Senran Kagura series and other things like that. Uh, so, you know, published by Nintendo, new IP for the Switch by Marvelous, with mech action, um, and the, the actually there's a lot of names behind this. The character designers from Fire Emblem, Awakening and Fates, the mech designer um, designed some very impressive mechs from the Macross series, from Eureka 7, anime-wise, um, some other stuff as well, which is escaping me right now. But it's very famous mech designer with a famous character designer behind it, uh, with, uh, I think actually the story writer itself or the scenario writer was pretty well known as well. Uh, so there's a lot of good names. And it's actually just like, oh, you know what it was? It was the Armored Core team is what it was. Okay. It was yep. all of the names had like worked on Armored Core. And so it's really just an Armored Core game without being Armored Core. I'd, I mean, no offense to anybody that loves Armored Core, oh, but you know, say it wasn't. It got updated. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, this is right up my alley. That's a day one buy for me. I'm just kind of concerned because uh, something like that, the last big uh, super AAA announcements, uh, I guess this isn't maybe a AAA, but nah. like, I mean, the last thing was uh, Labo Labo. And then before that, as far as I can remember, was ARMS. So, mm. I mean, the, when we're maybe, talking about, or when you talk about just big game and, or double A or just new big game announcements or just like new taste for Nintendo to offer to their platform. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely varied compared to some of the other stuff they have on there right now. Uh, yeah. It definitely is a new taste. I'll get, yeah, I'll agree there. Uh, but it's a taste I'm happy with. And also just from the, you know, start off your direct with a strong new IP. Let's go for it. You know, good way to start. I, I hope it pans out because, uh, I mean, I am not a big fan of Armored Core. In fact, it left a very sour taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Just even hearing about it. Okay, so like I said, Super Mario Party. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody has fine, wonderful comments about it. Uh, I talked about it quite a bit with Brandon over the uh, the midweek podcast. He seemed very excited by it. And honestly, I have not liked a super or sorry a mario party game since the nintendo 64 so that being said i know nick probably hasn't touched too many of these games uh recently cam did you play these games too much yeah i've played uh two three four five eight and ten i believe or no now, six and eight ten or something like that let's say eight i believe came out for the wii and ten came out for yeah. the wii u yeah, so oh, I've also never actually really played a Mario game, by the way. I don't know <laughs> if I never made ever made that clear. Oh, like, wow, okay. Huh. Like, I played That's... like the old school, like yeah. side school or Super Mario, um, like oh, the okay. MF DOS yeah. version. I played that. But Wait, no MF-DOS. sarcasm? No, I'm not, I'm not joking. I've never, like, Mario is not my thing. I didn't grow up with Mario. That's a take. Yeah, no, I grew, up, I grew totally up with Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. yeah. The first uh, game that I, or first Mario game that I've ever beaten that wasn't a RPG game was Odyssey. So I totally understand you. And, uh, oh, I guess Super Mario World. I did play and beat Super Mario World. But, you know, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, uh, you know, any of the original Nintendo Mario games. Never touched. Never cared for. uh, I played Sonic and Mario pretty equally. 
Okay. So, yeah, I was, I'm in both camps there, but uh, yeah, no, I was, uh, when it came to Super Mario Party, I was as excited as I could be. You know, the thing is like with my rating system, I'm trying to, when I do the rating system, when we rate these games, we try to take back what the game is and more so, is it new? What did they show gameplay wise? How was the announcement? Was it effective? Um, because I think that in terms of ranking something like it's unfair for everybody else if your game isn't Smash. You know what I mean? Like, it's like there's some games that are just big and more popular and people like that. But in talk, like you can't, you, it's not fair to say to Square Enix, well, you don't have Smash Bros. So you can't do a good job as far as I'm concerned. Right. Oh, so I try and I try and uh, like, I don't try and take into consideration for the rankings, what they show necessarily, just how they show off. If it's a new thing, if it's an established series, what, how effective the trailer was, that sort of thing. And as far as Super Mario Party goes, like personally, I'm as excited as I could be for a new paper, uh, Mario Party, which I'm not too excited but in terms of just the pure announcement i think they did a good job because they uh, responded to a lot of fan criticisms they don't have the cars anymore um and they actually yeah thank god they also implemented that new mechanic which we saw a patent for a couple months back which is that you can alter the switch screens and put them together and it creates a dynamic screen basically for whatever orientation you want and so they're utilizing this with this game so you can actually do mini games that way too which is very neat Mm -hmm. uh I would like to point out that a lot of times I don't rate multiplayer games like this uh, immediately or, you know, give a conscious rating system of any kind until I get the general vibe of my peers. Yeah, I try not to like when I'm when I'm talking about this, I'm trying not to rate the game so much as rate the conference. Um, like I can talk about the individual games, too, as a separate scale. But when I'm rating the conference, it has less to do about like it's more did the game function than it is like what game it is and, and how good it looked. Totally understood. Uh, mine is much more, uh, I don't, I, what would be the term, uh, subjective, more than objective at this point. However, it, I really like the idea of having a, a Mario Party game for the Switch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of hoping that the people and you know my peers that you know that own Nintendo Switches would get hyped up at this kind of game to play with their friends. I know they at least not. in my yeah, I think in my realm it definitely will be that case. I've I've talked to you before about how much like just local ad hoc switch multiplayer happens via like college clubs and that sort of thing. So I'm still gonna be going back to my college clubs, uh, even though I've graduated and, and I'm sure we'll be playing a bunch there. So it stinks because for me I was originally hoping it was Mario Tennis Aces. Mm-hmm. However, I, I've been hearing so many complaints about it that it feels like it's going to be dead in the water in terms of being able to play with other people. And Super Mario Party was my next big step was, okay, people like to have fun. People like to play together. Maybe it's a little long-winded depending on how it goes because, you know, I'm going to be playing Super Mario or sorry, Mario Party 2 for the Super Nintendo or not Super uh, Nintendo 64 the day before my wedding. Apparently, that's going to be my bachelor party right there Ooh. is Mario Party 2. I like it. It's great. However, you know, a 50 round game could take anywhere up to like four hours. I like it. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. However, my point is, I have absolutely no people talking about this game. Everybody's like, you know, in terms of multiplayer games, like Super Smash Brothers. I was like, well, what what about Super Mario Party? It's going to be coming out soon, too. It's going to be fun. We can play together. No, I got to beat people up. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that. That is, at least from my perspective, personally, the unfortunate thing with an E3 like this is like you'll have a great E3. We had a lot of great game announcements, a lot of cool new stuff, a lot of cool smaller stuff as well. But Smash exists and Kingdom Hearts 3 exists. So we won't hear about those things. (laughs) <laughs> it stinks that you know a game like Super Smash Bros., which I should be like lauding for at this point, is overshadowing overshadowing good games like this. And I'm I'm really hoping that you know when the time comes, when it comes out on October 5th, 
I can convince some people to say, hey, this is the game you want to play because Super Smash Brothers interest is going to die down with you fast unless you turn hardcore for this game. Give this game you know, another shot. We can play together. We can have fun. Uh, whether or not that's going to happen is completely up to them, I guess, at this point. Mm-hmm. It, it also stinks because a game like Aces is also very heavily dependent if you want to play with friends or whatnot. Yeah. Same thing with Splatoon. I don't want to play Splatoon by myself. I want to play with you know a group of friends in my hand. And so if that doesn't happen, this game is going to lose interest for me really quickly. Yeah, the thing I'm... Um... I'm not as dismal about it only because in the communities I run in, uh, there has been evidence of them multi-classing basically where smash and something like smash, something like cart and something like Mario party are all, all able to exist in the same space and switch off, which is something that I've seen personally like in my college communities and that sort of thing, where every week generally we'll have a, a party, a cart, one of them and a smash bros game, at least one of them. And uh, everybody plays a little bit of them except for the smash people who exclusively play smash, but some people will play a little bit of everything. I would give so much to be able to be a part of that community, man. I would not, I would not hesitate. Come on down. Yeah, come I know. Down. Right. Come well, back we to college. Well, the thing is we actually have a lot of alumni who just come back cause it's that sort of club. So we have, we have like, you know, 30 odd year old people just hanging out and stuff like that all the time. Uh, it's a big club. We have like usually like 50 people. So hmm. it thinks because the last time I tried to be an alumni coming back to something I love, it was the Pokemon trading card game. And so I spent a lot of, you know, a lot of Mondays, beating the snot out of 12 year olds. Yeah, I did that game. too. <laughs> so there, there's that for you. Uh, I'm, I'd like to also continue by apologizing to Nick because he has absolutely nothing to talk about here. I love you, Nick. <laughs> no, I, I'm not just listening. I can, all I can, all I can tell you is that in terms of Nintendo's conference, um, people, people really wanted um, a new smash brothers, not a remade smash four. Was it? I think, and yeah. like they didn't want them to do that for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nintendo, I think, I think Nintendo was the up, like was an angry like mother, right? Imagine having a bunch of kids. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there Don't yet? Are we there? It's like me ever we, we yeah. are there now. Let me shove all of this smash down your throat for the next thirty minutes. That's <laughs> all I saw from the conference. Really, yep. that's the only takeaway from it. And they announced everything except Rip Waluigi. Can we get some respect? For yeah, that's Waluigi unfortunate. Silence. They killed him too. They just yeah. killed him on screen too. That was the best part. It's Straight like not only do you not get Waluigi, you get destroyed. Uh, you, he dies. That's I'm getting emotional over here, man. That that's terrible. Don't say this kind of crap to me. <laughs> like I'm, um, I'm actually kind of upset because we, if Waluigi was a character that's been asked for for a very long time, there are is. three other characters that people have been asking for for an extremely long time. The first one is another notorious one, Daisy. The third one is from Donkey Kong Country, K. Rule, the yeah. final boss. And, of course, Ridley from the Samus series. It was and a joke. It was a joke, though. And it went too far. It went and too guess far. what? It, it happened, and now it's real. Yeah, wow. Uh, honestly, this whole presentation, there was a lot of things that were jokes being made real this entire E3. I mean, Devil May Cry 5, for one, was supposed to never exist. That was ridiculous. The fact that we got Ridley and Smash, and even past this, actually, just a couple days ago, or no, yesterday, or yesterday or earlier today, depends on how you do Japanese so, time, uh, they announced a kill-a-kill fighting game via with Arc <laughs> System Works, I, which has been I, the big joke, which has I, been the big joke forever. I would pay, I would play a kill a kill fight. Well, guess what? It got yeah, announced with Arc System Works. So there you go. Oh boy. But uh, no, a lot of just stuff that shouldn't have ever existed becoming real. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven as well. We actually got to see it since twenty thirteen. 
uh, finally again. There was a lot of dreams being made. New Smash Bros. But yeah, you know, Nintendo's thing is like they come at E3 with a different sort of game plan than everybody else does because they show their stuff throughout the year at many different times. So they don't they got like care. a light version of uh, what Kojima has in mind. Like we don't want to go overboard where they don't know what the heck we got. But I want to do something different, just make people go what? Yeah. So what they I think which is a lot different from most other developers because they, they have like a constant like communication, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it works or whether it's what people want. At least they're still talking about what's happening and what they're doing to right. some extent. Right. Yeah, and the thing about it too, right, is like uh, Nintendo doesn't like showing things that are more than a year out. They like showing things within a six month period of time, except right, for like, Metroid. Yeah, but, I was uh, saying, like the game <laughs> that we, I personally expected to hear quite a bit from, but. Yeah. Much like, uh, I'm trying to remember what other game you mentioned, uh, did not get any foresight. Um, so Red Dead didn't get shown, but in terms of Nintendo, we didn't see Bayonetta 3, we didn't see SMT 5, we didn't see Yoshi, which were all things that were coming uh, potentially soon. So we Mm -hmm. didn't see anything about those. But, um, what I'm more getting at is they come at it with a game plan of listen, we like showing things close in the next six months. We have so many other conferences that we do this at, so many other Nintendo Directs. This for them is just another direct with the Treehouse live stream. So in terms of it, they came into it and they said, Hey guys, we're going to spend like most of the time on smash. And that's what they did. So I'm not going to like, they achieved their goal very much so. So I'm not going to fault them for that really uh, because they, they made their goal. They set it out and they want to do a deep cup or a deep cup, a deep, deep dive, <laughs> deep dive of super smash ballers. And by golly, they did it. Didn't that's they? a deep dive. Didn't they? It's and enough they- smash for the person who doesn't play smash like me. I don't need to bite smash. Now. Sure. But the funny thing about it too, was despite that, even despite spending 25 minutes of a 45 minute direct on smash, they still managed to announce like a couple new games and yeah. show a bunch of other ones in, in yeah. really short, like, Hey, this is still coming. Hey, this is what this is. Hey, this is a new trailer. Like they still managed to do a bunch of other stuff too. So it was extremely effective. So, you know, I gave Nintendo very high regard for that. I feel like also in terms of a E3 conference, it might've felt like luster, yeah. but Nintendo doesn't do E3 yeah. traditionally, right? Like no, as, as they, they, they had their things throughout the, the whole year, mm-hmm. right? We already knew about Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee if, right. like a week before um, because of their directs. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I just really can't wait till, for the day till I get a Switch and then I can finally play all of these games. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Fortnite. Was, like oh, I yeah, really like Fortnite. Oh, I played. Never, no, I'm never gonna touch it on the Switch. Don't. I played it. one game of Fortnite in my entire life on the Switch. Bless you. And uh, it was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> no, I hated no. It. Like, don't put yourself through that, Tyler. Even <laughs> if you hate the game, at least play it on PC. Oh yeah. Please, yeah. for the love of God, don't. Do you play think it, it would be that much better on? Play PC? it on your phone. Play it on no, phone. Don't play, play Fortnite alone. Never play it on your phone. Never play it on I mobile. It on my phone. It was a mistake. I regretted it. I will never do it again. Um, it made my phone overheat, um, and it was just bad. If you're gonna play Fortnite, though, tell you can play with me. I'm, I'm yeah, Nick. Okay. If you want to play Fortnite on the PS or not the PS3, gosh, actually, I'd probably be playing better than the Switch. Anyways, if you want to play it on the PC, talk to me after this. We can make something work. I'll work make with you. Work. Okay. It was However, a big victory for him, though, having Fortnite. Honestly, yeah, no, it was yeah, great. No, um, Fortnite is just capitalizing. I think Fortnite. Yeah. Um, Say what you will about battle. Oh, that's the other thing. One of my we didn't get too many battle royales. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I'm really excited that we didn't get too many battle royales. The joke, me. the joke I had made was pseudo real. We got a couple, but that joke where I was like, we're all just gonna be standing here with our battle royale jokes, and none are gonna get announced. We're just gonna be like, wait, <laughs> and it's almost yeah. happened. God, yeah. really? It, yeah, no, I'm they're really happy about that. I think they're learning a little bit. Cam, did you touch uh, Xenoblade Chronicles too? 
Oh boy, did I? Oh yeah, boy, did, did I? I, I, I? Let me rephrase this question. Did Cam play a JRPG? On a, the, <laughs> yeah. So, are you excited at all for any more of this uh, DLC coming out? Yeah, actually. Usually, I don't touch DLC, but uh, you know, if you're going to make a big story DLC, especially in this case, with uh, some of the strongest things about Xenoblade Chronicles Two were the side characters. The villain was very charismatic, and a lot of those other characters were as well. Compared to Rex, who's you know still your 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 uh your little your little kiddo there and uh, you know i'm really interested to see them all in the past because this takes place well before the actual game i think even in the order of i'm not remembering my dates but it's either hundreds or a thousand years before oh wow really yeah. that yeah. far back no it's it's a it's a while back it might only be hundreds but i'm trying to remember when how things went down when that happened but no it's it's a while back it, incredibly back on yeah. i watched i watched a bunch of streamers play xeno boob too um mm-hmm. looks great um i see what you did there oh uh, you see what i did there yeah, yeah. Uh, dlc announcement again these are one of the games as soon as i get a switch um yeah. uh i really want to get all of these mario games i want to try xenoboob i want to play the pokemon core rpg when that comes out yeah. and not to mention and i feel like i should mention this otherwise tyler will uh virtually reach through the screen and choke me out um breath of the wild obviously is a game i, I really want to play um yep. Look. Yeah, in terms of uh, in terms of the Xeno series <laughs> and stuff like that, it's like, what's it called? So Xenoblade Chronicles X, right on the Wii U, um, that was the best. And don't look into it because that everyone definitely agrees with me. There's no controversy there at all. <laughs> None whatsoever. X, no, the best, sir. And you shouldn't look into it. You should accept what I'm saying and move on. <laughs> <laughs> You're so full of crap, Cam. No, don't worry about it. It's this fine. Is putting everything about what you said about uh, Microsoft and Sony in the question now with that one statement. That, like, it's fine. okay, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, it looks a little darker. For? Looks a little darker. It looks a little darker. Uh, looks like the Warriors models, as far as my eyes concerned. It looks like the models from Fire Emblem Warriors, and um, yeah, it does look a little bit darker. But some of the there was there was some visual issues going on there. I was seeing, uh, at least in terms of like, ooh, that could look a lot better than it did. Yikes, type stuff. Well, I mean, they didn't offer to do a deep dive on it, so you, you shouldn't have to worry about that, Cam. Don't worry. Yeah, uh, hopefully the deep dive will fix everything. So, how did you feel about the mechanic of technically? Uh, you're fighting with a battalion with a general leading instead of just the general being a main character by itself. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to see how it actually plays out because that kind of gets away from what Fire Emblem was doing. Like Fire Emblem meant to be that. Yes, because the idea is, okay, this one unit on the field clearly isn't a single guy. It's, you know, uh, you know, a little small squadron of people. But you know, it's getting more at that point into Advanced Wars territory with how it treats individual units. Exactly what I said. Man, yeah. this is fantastic. But, uh, you know, I'm going to wait and see on that one. I, I definitely don't mind it. My first inclination is I don't really care one way or the other, but we'll see if a preference does come out once i play it because uh when you think about it in terms of uh player versus enemy and whatnot uh, to me it feels almost like dungeons and dragons you're playing as a bunch of heroes you're slaying stuff that may be also other enemy heroes but you're also fighting minions and whatnot it's usually not very large scale or grandiose until the very end yeah however here it seems like almost from the get-go it's like you have armies you're playing yeah. here and, and reasonably you should scary. considering what fire emblem is like you should that's just not something they've done but you should have armies you know yeah like yeah. The, the the fights that she had you know should just uh determine the the fate of the world should not be 
eight people versus you know three people it should be hundreds and thousands of people going at it against each other yeah well i think there's a couple ranks right because there's like okay there's when you beat the other army that can have a lot of people but then there's when you fight the big evil dragon every time and the big evil dragon every time probably maybe eight people you got to have your heroes but uh not not armies then maybe <laughs> uh there's one last game i'd like to to point out for the nintendo e3 conference is Hollow Knight. A lot of Hollow people Knight. I've seen on my end have been playing this game so much. However, it's I feel like it's gone under the radar even faster than Detective Pikachu. Like it's it's quiet. I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, Hollow Knight's one of those games where everybody's played it absolutely swears by it. And they're even to the point of some people saying like all they wanted out of E3 as a whole was Hollow Knight on Switch. Which I like, I feel like you should have a little bit more expectations of the industry. Like, you know, just branch out a little bit. It's a lot to enjoy. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, so Hollow Knight's definitely a victory for them. Uh, it's nice to have that on there. A lot of people are going to be very pleased by that. But uh, as far as things go, I, I tend to not focus as much on indie games. There's too much for me to play in terms of, like, if I want to get around, I basically have to make sacrifices. And that sacrifice is usually indie when it comes to playing things. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Nick, any thoughts on your end? Um, Halo. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Halo, Halo I mean, Gears, uh, Cyberpunk, really Microsoft knocked out of the park. Hey, I'm, can I, let me ask the real quick about, about Halo. So yeah. um, I've played, of course, I actually have five downloading right now. I haven't played five, yeah. but I've played all really? the other Halos. Yeah. yeah. I got games Pass, So I'm like, Hey, okay. cool. Um, what, do you happen to have any idea, maybe any inclinations to when this takes place, what this is based on like what the helmet looks like, the armor, maybe. Um, no, they confirmed that it is the next step, so it's going to okay. be post, uh, after Halo Five. Okay, so it's after. Um, okay, I I love the Halo series, and I think it's Microsoft that I have an issue with because they made Halo Five seem like something it wasn't. Yeah, um, they they pooped on the story. Well, the story was not great, but it was made even worse by the false advertising. Mm-hmm. They made it seem like I remember you know, Master Chief's he's done something horrible and needs to be hunted down and you're going to play as uh, this other Spartan also play as Master Chief and you're going to be doing bad things but this good Spartan other Spartan's going to be doing good things and really it's like one fight somebody yelled Martha and they hugged it out and they were best friends now <laughs> the other fight. Uh, yeah no they presented it I remember in the advertising they presented it as a morally gray story and yeah I'll tell you okay just give me two seconds and I'll show you exactly what I mean by oh, no. false advertising. And go. What? Oh, he's going for something. Two. Oh, he's gone. He left. Okay, so he's talking oh. about. Oh, oh, wow. Is that a poster? He's not a poster. Have to talk. It's a billboard. One of those things that they, you, you, they use for voting Wait, elections. Did you have somebody's yeah. lawn decoration? I didn't take it out of the lawn. I was at the midnight physical copy <laughs> launch and they were giving this away. And I'm like, I'll oh, take it. No. And this is what the advertising was. Yeah. Hashtag Team Chief. Hashtag Hunt, hunt the Truth. truth. Oh no! It was a load of crap, guys. <laughs> oh, that's terrible, <laughs> man. That's unfortunate. They handed you out lawn signs, like stuff that you use for political reasons, usually, <laughs> to make an advertisement for Master Chief to hunt the truth. It, you said Halo Five. That that's what it was for. Yeah, yeah that's for else? Halo Five. Yeah, Halo Five Guardians. That was the full thing. On a complete um, side note, I remember there was a time where I looked up those signs because uh, during the first three months of Pokemon Go, everybody was really supportive of whatever team they picked. And yeah. this included some people started buying these lawn signs to put on, say, this is a Team Instinct property. Everybody else, beware. And so just 
seeing those signs everywhere on the cars and whatnot, it was interesting. Oh yeah, and, and then, then it died out so quickly. People yeah, was about like, two months later. Yeah. Um. What What are the? I can't. Team Mystic is the blue one. You yes. got Team Valor is red. Yep. And Instinct is yellow. Okay, so I'm Team Instinct. Ooh, I'm sorry. I just, to hear that. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I mean, out of all the birds, like Zapdos is the coolest, so I picked Zapdos. Uh, that's, that's you. You are absolutely right. To be fair, I started off Team Instinct, but by my eighth account and my you know <laughs> my eighth reincarnation, I realized that Valor had the highest chance of winning without being too overpowered, which was Mystic at that point, because it always felt like Mystic was the vast majority. Same in my yeah. area, dude. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> And it's so, all mystic in my area too. Yeah. The idea that Team Valor is usually the second biggest, it means I will have a constant chance to claim gems and whatnot, versus having gems already claimed, I'll you know just drop a Pokemon in, which is yeah. terrible for experience. So I was thinking, you know, I was thinking statistically. More experience. I like the color red. Uh, what's that. it called? So I want to say, actually, so my computer crapped out for about uh, 20 seconds when we were talking about Halo, and then I came back to Pokemon Go. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Um, uh, we are a uh, casual master quest. We are a <laughs> podcast that we're, we're trying to cover E3 as a, overall, and some reason it quickly divulged my aside about Pokemon Go. And I leave for a really second, and it started as a gaming podcast, and now it's really a Pokemon Go podcast. <laughs> I think that's what we've evolved into. I oh, feel man. like if we made a half hour to three hour long podcast side special of Pokemon Go, we could really go somewhere here. I yeah, we, we could. could. I don't know if I'd want to do it, though. No, <laughs> like the, the main goal is you have to record while you're actually going out and playing Pokemon Go. So oh, a, yeah. a lot of windbreaking. Oh, it would not be pretty. Sounds like a good yeah. time. So, okay. um, before we get on to game releases. Yeah, E3. Uh, let me just... Uh, yeah, I was yeah, can happy. We, can we get um, top three most excited games of E3? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's super do that. Um, there's a lot okay, of exciting for They'd have to be games that you'd be able to play in like the next year. So okay. I'm not going to... That way I can eliminate like talking just about Halo Infinite and Dale yeah. Scrolls 6. Yeah. Right? Um, all right. Yeah. So I think a lot I'm excited for, but I'm leaning more towards I'm most interested in like the new new Japanese like double A type game. So like Devil May Cry Five's definitely top for me. Um, followed probably by Babylon's Fall, which is the platinum game, and then maybe um, what's it called? Maybe Damon X Machina would be my three. If not, um, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which was the new From Software oh, yeah, game yeah, at Microsoft. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I've lessened on that though because it turns out it's not an RPG. It's actually just okay. a uh, character action game. So I would have preferred if it was, but still like it. Still down. So probably it's those would be my top three. Was that not the uh, the VR title they announced? Or no, that know- was um, uh, something Cine. Um, ter- something Cine. Oh boy, it's okay. I don't expect you to know Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> you should. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it wasn't even Japanese. The name was. It was like a French name. There was accents on it. Um, but I'm forgetting what it was. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember yeah. what it's called. Yeah, it was funny because they announced it. That was a funny thing. They ended the conference and then announced it. So they and they like that's it for the conference. Also, we have a new game announcement. And I was like, what? What? Hold on. So uh, that was at Sony too. So uh, yeah, that was a I new VR game from Frontsoft. Just looked it up, and I don't think I could pronounce it. Like Deracine. Deracine. Yeah, it was weird because they called it Decine, is how it was pronounced. But I was like, there's a there's an R and an A there. I don't know. I don't know where those there, went. There are <laughs> consonants that need to be put back in. Yeah. yeah, they need to be talked about. What about you, Nick? What would be the top three games that you are excited to be released this year? Um, I I really enjoyed uh, oh. Fallout 76. Okay. Um, I think it'll be the first Fallout game that I'll probably be playing just because 
uh, I can play it with my friends. Um, there, I really want single player games, but I also really want to play with people. And so I feel like we're probably going to get that. Um, it's, so it's Fallout 76, Battlefield 5, um, and The Division 2. Okay. Uh, now, when it comes to Fallout, there are definitely plenty of options for you to try to see if you, whether or not you'd like Fallout. Is there any Fallout games that you'd be willing to give a shot before you know whether or not 76 is the one for you? Oh, I'd be well, definitely. But I also feel like I already kind of know what it's going to be like because it's essentially like steampunk skyrim if that makes sense it's just like I, visuals no i different. can't argue that one bit the visuals are just different but otherwise gameplay feels like it would be identical to skyrim except here you've got guns and different crafting systems and whatever it but, violently hurts to hear that like like uh, there's the there's a joke about uh fallout is skyrim with guns and it's it's a joke <laughs> everybody makes fun of um so it hurts to hear that but like you know it is it is the same same yeah so (laughs) so there are similarities let's be real like even uh, with like the the you know the slow motion i'm almost gonna die or i just killed this thing that you have like with the arrow bow and arrow oh i think i'm about to hit that dragon but i'm actually gonna hit that rabbit right behind it yeah oh (laughs) that rabbit you're helping Kim out to finally get his uh, genocide of rabbits going on (laughs) yeah play new things um Um, anyway (laughs) so yeah fallout 26 battlefield 5 and uh division two division two okay okay fair enough uh and also we we also forgot to say so we, we didn't actually talk about it all but yeah smash is a thing it's every character from every smash game that's cool good idea except waluigi yeah. except waluigi well i mean waluigi every was he was nothing but a trophy to be yeah fair. yeah wow but anyway so yes yeah, so just to say we talked about smash because we totally glossed over it but uh yeah what are yours tyler uh, mine is the Pokemon Snap game that never got announced or released. Oh, uh, mm. oh no, you, you did <laughs> specify, Nick, that any game that's going to be coming out in the near future. So yeah, that they can be playable. Yeah. First game would be Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then, very begrudgingly, uh, Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> because I have Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U, and I'm sure there are a lot of other people that have it that yeah. I know. 13 that, million of them. That will not start that thing back up. Like I would, like, it's like, hey, if you're excited for the one for the Switch, let's play some right now. Uh, I got things to do. I mean, okay, whatever, fine. Anyways, uh, finally, third one could be a wild card. Uh, probably Last of Us Part Two. Uh, I did love Last of Us, you know, the first game, and I really think the second one, honestly, as long as they follow the same formula and add a couple of nicks and turns, it is a story that I have control of to a limited extent, and that is all I need. Now, whether or not you need a deep dive of that game is to convince <laughs> you whether or not it's a good one. That is for you. However, I am excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe more than Super Smash Brothers, but Super Smash Brothers has a special place in my childhood heart that can never leave. Whether or not I want to vacate it, it's not in my control anymore. This is part of my psyche because I spent hours and days and years playing this game. And I still remember the exact memories I had playing the Super Smash Brothers for the 64 and then for the GameCube. Problem is, though, I have completely went out of touch after it went for the Wii and then the Wii U. And now that it's come back, it's like it's almost like playing Pokemon Red and Blue and the Gold and Silver. And suddenly you got Sun and Moon. It's like, can I come back? Mm. Can I get good? Can I can I yes, enjoy can. this with yes, other people? With the right attitude, you can do Tyler. You might not want to though, because I'm of the opinion, like, so I got out, I didn't touch Brawl either on the Wii, and I played every other one. Oh, but, I played um, the heck out of it. I beat people. 
<laughs> but my feelings on it was like I was glad that I wasn't in it because now I can play more games. Like that's the one thing where it's like, okay, yeah, Smash is fun, but it's why I kind of stay away from fighting games generally. Um, except when you know, I like I like talking about fighting games and, and going in deep and looking at them once and like getting a sense of the mechanics, but I'm not going to keep playing them for years because I want to get around to other games. So something that I can't complete like that feels to me like in my goals, it, it's not a waste of my time necessarily, but I can more effectively use my time and get through many other games rather than just play that one ad nauseum. I just wonder if super smash brothers can be a game that you can nowadays anyways, play casually with your friends. It still can as long as your friends will play casually with you. That's the thing. Right, right? But it just feels like you're two seconds away <laughs> immediately becoming competitive. Mm-hmm. And once you enter competitive scene, it's like you're, you, you play with your friends, you lose a match. You're like, man, I wish I could get better. And all of a sudden this dark curtain behind you just lowers in, you know, shifts to the sides and say, Hey, you want to get good? I'll teach you them. <laughs> you want to see some S rank characters? And then suddenly it just goes downhill, just uh-huh. viciously into you know exactly where I'm going with this. Like yeah. super high competitive. Everybody plays Diddy Kong and Falco and all that stuff. And it's just, it's atrocious. And I'm afraid because a lot of people that I would like to play with, I naturally would like to be. And I, for some reason, whether or not it's just because I pick the casual crowd or whatnot, I am very good at Super Smash Brothers. I know when to dodge. I know when to grapple. I know when to hit and then grapple and all that stuff. I'm some reason good at with the people I play. However, if I were to pick somebody that were to able to beat me, then I know I'm going to want to get competitive with this person. They're going to be the Vegeta to my Goku. I want to want to learn <laughs> tips and tricks and to beat. And suddenly I'm going to go way dark. Yeah. And you have to put in the time and the time, the commitment, the skill. And then when I do beat them, they're going to immediately not want to play with me anymore. And then it's like, do I do I become a Twitch streamer or do I give up on this game? (laughs) Well, you know, the funny thing, too, is we talk about it for Smash, but Smash isn't even the worst of them. Uh, Practically any other fighting game is way worse in terms of like, oh, there's the people who know how to play and the people that don't. Like you can pick up a Smash game. Even now I can pick up Smash 4 and play and like get some hits in, get a couple of kills in off of the group that plays it just constantly every day at my college. But uh, if you go online with a fighting game, like if you if you decide to casually pick up like Guilty Gear or Blaze Blue, you you will not win a single match in a hundred matches. You will get lit up. It's a and, gift how quick and easy you're able to be pit against a pro player. Yeah, it's like it's, it's not it's even amazing. pro. It's just everyone will just destroy you because they know what they're doing a little bit. it's a lot worse than smash so at least for smash you're not getting up there in levels but yeah it is still a thing where if people want to play smash seriously they're just gonna light you up pretty hard unless you want to put in the time oh man uh so that is the the three games i would be excited for uh so overall i personally think uh playstation sorry sony nintendo and then windows now i'm guessing cam is this is me a wild guess probably windows or sorry microsoft yeah, Nintendo. It, wait well, so what would it be for you would it be uh microsoft uh bethesda i can give you the list i have it um what's it of called of course I you gave... got a report card at this point yeah we did have a report card um it went order wise microsoft nintendo square enix sony bethesda tie ubisoft ea was the uh what's it called the end card for me what about you nick um halo <laughs> okay so <laughs> like, microsoft um, it was Bethesda, Microsoft, um, and then I didn't catch the last few conferences, so I can't speak on a whole for everything. But Microsoft and Bethesda really set the bar high that weekend, that day. 
Um, there are a lot of promises they probably won't make. <laughs> probably not, but as a conference, they did great. Yeah. Yeah. They're um, they're definitely good at exciting people. That's I I like um I like the visuals of uh, Ubisoft. I know uh, Cam and I have been debating about this on you know it was fanfare and they're not telling us about games despite it being a gaming conference. But it looks like Ubisoft is going in a very um, artsy style, artsy direction, and just overall their aesthetic is now evolving that way. And I really enjoy it and I appreciate it because it's a little bit different now uh, from all the other kind of like styles of games that we're getting. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because last year Ubisoft actually had one of the best um, conferences, in my opinion. They did a very good job for their station and it was very effective. And they always have the Just Dance thing. But like you said, yeah, it was really colorful this year. And um, they kind of backtracked like 2017 Ubisoft was much different than 2016. But this 2018 is a lot more like 2016. The 2017 was really the outlier for, um, in my opinion, effectiveness. But um, they are more colorful now. That's definitely the case. Okay. Uh, so EA. Or it's not EA. Uh, let's not talk about EA, please. No, please. Uh, E3 overall. What's your grade for it? Oh, um, can we? I, I wanted to talk about uh, with Ubisoft and they did the Beyond Good and Evil to uh, collaboration with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh, company, yeah, Hitbox. Yeah, yeah. Or Hit, 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 Hit Record. Hit Record. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really cool, personally. Yeah. Like, I like to see this sort of community uh, engagement and crowdsourcing for art styles in a game. I think that was really cool. Um, yeah. Okay. I just want to. I'm. Uh, no, I'll, I'll second that. I'm a really big fan of this. Uh, my only stipulation is I'm a big fan of this as long as it's small stuff because I do think it will eventually. If it's too much, it gets to the point of make our game for us. But right. if it's just like background graffiti and like more world building stuff, like they said, like radio channels, that's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, E3 was great. Um, yeah, wonderful E3. Christmas in June. Um, just really excited for the future. I'm. I will. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I was just hope there was a lot more hardware stuff from the big companies. Yeah, uh, just a tiny bit more. Um, right, like maybe the expected um, Switch 2 or Switch 1.5 with the hardware updates. But other than that, it was great. Yeah, I think we've been lucky yeah. the last few years. We've been very lucky that uh, E3 hasn't been uh, terrible because we've had like early, like 2011, like 20, not, 2009 to like 2000. 12 maybe we're always just like Ugh, e3s they weren't that great uh but now we're finally hit a stride um i don't think 2014 was too great either but we hit a good stride now i think where we're, we've gotten a few couple years in a row it's been pretty good very true uh maybe it's because i have listened to every single e3 since probably 2006 with uh, different media outlets that I have a different view on how this E3 went. However, uh, it, it's weird because I have certain people that will say certain things and it clicks to me just the right way and such that I was like, wow, you know, they're right. This is, you know, kind of how I felt about it too, because I felt like this E3 was very lackluster. And sometimes it had a couple of good shining moments, but I didn't feel the excitement that I would have had with other stuff like, uh, you know, maybe not last year, but say 2016, where the hype was big. Now, coincidentally, of course, you know, Breath of the Wild was being hyped that year too. So <laughs> whether or not that influences my decision is, you know, beyond the speculation of the masses. However, it, it felt like that this game, or it's not this game, this E3 was not to the level that I was expecting. Now, I always have no expectations to uh, an E3. So 
it went beyond my expectations. So congrats. However, yeah, because I was going to ask, like, what what could we have seen? Because as far as I'm concerned, in terms of game announcements, like all even the we saw even all the dream games. Like we're talking new Gears, new Halo, Cyberpunk, new uh, Starfield, Elder Scrolls Six, Smash, um, Devil May Cry Five. Like everything that was rumored happened. So I, I can't even imagine what would be beyond that. Of course, um, Metroid Prime Four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Fair. Uh, a Mario Odyssey two of sorts would have oh, been. They'll need more time for that. Uh, Pokemon is completely out because it's been covered on so many different levels. However, they could have easily announced anything that was Mario related in terms of Odyssey because you know, I mean they don't have to say it's out next year. It could have been you know a far flung future because no offense, Metroid Prime Four is probably not going to be seen until you know sometime past twenty twenty at least. Yeah, at might, be, might be might be twenty twenty. Let's say maybe you know 19 holiday, but let's be real here. We have it for the next gen of Switch. I feel like that's very possible at this point. I don't think for Metroid, I think since they just put out the console, Metroid is still going to be on Switch. I do feel that way though for some PlayStation stuff. I do, I actually think Ghost of Tsushima might have been um, running on hardware. It looked a little too pretty for what the uh, PS4 Pro is capable of. That might have been E3. Um, you know, screwery. That might just be E3 magic in putting things on PC and saying they're an engine. But uh, it did look a little beyond what the Pro can do. It might be. Oh, yeah. And until world. until we get all games at 60 FPS on the next gen, if that doesn't happen, if games are not running at base 60 FPS, yeah. it's never ever going to happen. And lucky for us, that's what Microsoft said they're targeting for uh, next Thank gen. Thank God. Yep. They because I, I said in a few episodes earlier, it was a drunken night. I went on to Destiny 1. The 30 FPS made my yep. eyes bleed. I yep. could feel like somebody's <laughs> reaching into my eyeballs at the back and just like scratching it like, like you know, hands down a chunk. Yeah, yeah. It was bad. Um, um, I will say I've retracted some of the saltiness from Pokemon Let's Go, uh, Eevee and Pikachu. Um, really? Go on. I'm not, I'm I not, a little bit more. Um, it it is what it is. I don't care for it now anymore. I'm just glad that there's a main core yeah. Pokemon RPG game coming. It, it is. seems like it's a fun thing, but yeah. I got a little more salty actually because they showed off that uh, what's it called to fight the gym leaders? You have to show off Pokemon of a certain type to be like, oh, yeah, they tell you, they tell you what you had need to have to beat the gym. Uh, that okay. Not okay, even that. It's not... the fact that they're making me catch it to go and show them is like, yeah. I, as a player, guess what? I don't want to do that because I play through these games 40 times in a row. That's going to ruin replayability. I know me. you have an Onyx, yeah. but I'm still going to fight you with my electric type because I can. Because I can. And you know what? Then <laughs> they gave Pikachu double kick at level nine because now he can. Uh, no, but then rock, you have to so. have a certain type so I you mean, can't even lead with Pikachu. Yeah. That's what Nidoran was for. A Nid- or, sorry, Nidorino and Nidorino for the double kick. Mm-hmm. And in Fire Red and Leaf Green, if you started with Charmander, Star- Charmander gets uh, Iron Claw. Claw. Yeah, Metal Metal Claw. Claw. Yeah. So they ha- oh. it made sense they'd do it for Pikachu. Um, they just need to see, did they do it for Eevee? And that becomes a question. But, it but was yeah. amazing how quickly, like, originally I was salty and then I became <laughs> very excited. I'm really, really trying Tyler, to not be upset about these games. Yeah. Oh, no, it's okay. I went right back down to, like, the Pacific Ocean doesn't have enough salt. <laughs> yeah, as I it's right like, now. I'm a little salty and disappointed, but, like, the main games are coming, and also those pre-orders are, like, made already, so, you know what I mean? Like, I'm still going to hit that button right away, yeah, so... Yeah. Because right now in my head, it's not even that. Oh, I'm excited for this game. It's like grumble, grumble. Now I got to play Pokemon Go so I can transfer my Pokemon over proper to play this game because everybody else is going to do it. It's a mindset that I discussed. However, I'm going to still do it. (laughs) 
It's a curse, man. It's a curse. No, I am a man of nostalgia. I understand. I'm excited for Kingdom Hearts 3. I would have wished there was a Metroid Prime game announcement. I wish there was a even a announcement regarding like, oh yeah, you know, that Final Fantasy 7 episodic uh, game that we're totally going to make one time this, you know, century. Never we're, ever. It, it's still existing. You know, just just a little something of my, you know, my childhood. But right now Pokémon's all I got. Besides, you know, Smash Brothers, so I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch, you know, uh, 260 uh, Larvitars out in the streets of my city because that's all I got going on right now for my future Switch game. Because Fortnite's not gonna do it because that game's terrible for the Switch. We'll see what it's like on the PC if uh, if Nick has his way with me. We'll see. Oh. Is there anything else that we want to talk about E3 at this point? (laughs) It's been two and a half hours. I mean, mean, if you want to start playing Russian roulette, I'm down for it at this point because this is, you know, this is what it feels (laughs) like. I think uh, I think someone actually sent me a message when you guys messaged me something, or was it you guys? Maybe somebody. Oh, it was me. I was saying, man, I thought I was sweating hard. Don't die of heat stroke. Am I? Oh, am I sweating? I don't know. You're 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 shinier than one of the uh, larvitars I caught. Today. That would do it. You know, I have to turn my AC off. So yeah, I respect that, man. <laughs> Let us do the wrap up. We'll do some plugins. We'll do some housekeeping. Thank God, yes, ah, Nick, go don't ahead. You love it. <laughs> Start us off. What's going on? Um, oh, are we doing housekeeping? Um, yes. So as I may have mentioned before, uh, really? Guardian Con is a charity event convention fan gaming convention thing that's happening in tampa this year yeah has uh, 13th and 14th bungie is officially announced they're going to be there warframe devs are going to be there it's going to be great um they're raising money for saint jude's children's hospital which is out over in memphis wherever that is in the states i have no idea of like american geography i know uh tampa's memphis? down south where it shouldn't be there memphis, uh, i'm like, pretty sure it's tennessee right is it okay? That's yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, to me, Saint Jude's. When you say Saint Jude's, everybody in America, for the most part, knows of the word Saint Jude's. Yeah. But to them, it might as well be Neverland because they don't know where it's actually located generally, unless you're needing to go there for you know very yeah. specific reasons. So mm-hmm. it's like a fantasy land for us. Yeah. So the goal is to raise enough money to run them for a day. To uh, 2016, they raised. $500,000. Last year, they raised $1.3 million. This year, they're already at $900,000. And their goal is $3 million. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, if you go to guardiancom, guardiancon.co uh, forward slash support, you'll be able to go to a donation link and help some kids with cancer out. Because if you don't, you're a jerk. Thank yep. you. Yep. Help those cancer kids. Man, the, it's going to be a meme at this point. Jeez. Good job, Nick. I am proud of you for remembering that to a T. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, you can email us personally at casualmasterquest at gmail.com and be the first person to email us besides the spam that, you know, saying how we can improve our podcast uh, sponsorship. But did you know about our updated privacy policies? <gasps> yes, very much so. I've heard about a lot of them. Thank you, Square Enix. I can make your podcast great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Scott Peterson. I don't know what the guy's name is. Uh, or you can hit us up on Twitter at MasterQuestPod. All podcasts and gaming can be found on our YouTube channel, which we will link on our Twitter whenever we're doing something. And uh, just for a you know, heads up, once again, I'm going to be gone for the next episode. Uh, it's going to be up to you. Yeah, I'm clapping not because you're going to be gone, but because oh, you're getting, uh, getting married. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Yeah. Happy Mary. Yeah. Nick and Cam are going to have to flip a coin to decide who's hosting next week, or I'm going to have to send an arbitrator. Or arbitrator. Arbitrator. 
man i've been drinking too much of this wine i swear guys uh <laughs> we're gonna have a fun episode next week but i won't be in it so you enjoy that for now uh i can be found on twitter at two times tyler nick um you can find me on twitter at lr warrior 11 and on mixer at mixer.com forward slash lr mixer.com forward slash lr warrior 11 um my big busy course is over and so streams should be back next week but again very sporadically because i'm a busy man do you want to talk about your project that you've been working so hard on oh my goodness it's finally done me so me and our team and our actor we partied hard last night everybody got drunk it was great i like i threw up for the first time in three years Wow, that's fantastic. Congrats, yeah. man. Um, not so great this morning, but, you know, um, I made it through. I'm looking all nice and pretty for, for the podcast. Oh, yeah, um, you are. But, um, it was a good, it was a good uh, project. We, he's a professional actor. Um, he's been on some supporting roles and some big productions. So if you've ever seen This Means War with uh, Chris Pine, Tom Hardy, and oh, Reese yeah. Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's a su- uh, sushi chef in that movie. Okay. There's a scene uh, where she walks in and she's trying to hide from her ex-boyfriend and ex-boyfriend walks in. He's like, oh, do you eat here often? And it's like, yeah, I'm just, and she's like, I'm just waiting for my uh, current boyfriend. And the sushi chef's like, no, she always dines for one, just one, embarrassing <laughs> her in front of her ex-boyfriend. So that was nice. great. Um, he worked for us for free. Um, he was excited to just work on the project. Um, it tells a story of a man who suddenly finds himself alone in this world um, and has to go through some existential stuff. And you can find that on YouTube. It's called Hikiro... Hikikiomori, right? Hikikomori, I, 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 know, yeah. I know the term. I can't pronounce it to save my life. Uh, um, what is the uh, name of the channel that we could find it on? Oh, it's on my act, my personal channel, I think. I'll, I'll put out a tweet um, later. I'll tweet out a link. Um, and I'll even, give the, even the Master Quest pod Twitter will also it out i'm sure absolutely yeah. double quest you know certain uh, go, go go easy on me it was only three weeks and we were really stressed and it was 3 a.m mornings and lots of all-nighters thank you <laughs> so many disclaimers cam work where we can where can we find you buddy uh you can find me hiding in my house and never leaving because e3 is over <laughs> you can find me at cam collects on twitter um also of course you can find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash cam collects i stream monday nights at 7 p.m eastern time and then also friday afternoon at 4 p.m eastern uh, this past week i was on vacation because i have a once a year break for e3 basically um where i don't we don't put out a podcast episode either we just do the e3 coverage uh for my other project so um this next week coming up i will be continuing that so monday and friday should be good to go and uh then beyond that of course we'll continue normal schedule uh, other than that you can find me on my other podcast if you want to listen to that at into the video we put out a mini episode for every single e3 conference where we talked about them each for way too long so uh mm-hmm. that was that was a fun time let's just say it was basically during e3 two full days it was the sunday and monday it was just full days of watch conference talk record edit post watch conference talk record edit post like no sleeping no it was oh man it's always so violent but that's all done and so that's why i've been hiding my house past few days but uh return to normal schedule for this upcoming week and those are all the places you can find me okay sounds good that was episode six for casual master quest we had a good time that was probably the longest talk we ever had Uh, how long was this uh, this um, was two and a half hours. Five minutes. Yep. That's, I think, longer than any of the ones I've ever done, too, on my other stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we dug in. We went whole round, everything right into the mix. I yeah, think it's we had, three, three, right? So, I really wish I had more uh, sharper weapons to fight, you know, camp off with. <laughs> with his, 
but we'll have to decide that in a different method or format. However, weapons again to feed me. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys have yourselves a great day. I hope you enjoyed Casual Master Quest. Uh, we'll see you next week. And don't forget to never stop the grind. Love you. I love you too.